Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Good Sunday morning. Here we are, December 8th, 11 a.m. Can only mean one thing. Green and white report. Unless you got something else going on that we don't know about. <laughs> Ron Rabinowitz, Julian Mitchell, Ryan Collins behind the glass. Slowly making his way behind the glass now. Good stride, Collins He's getting has. There. Good stride. How He's, you doing? Got, he's got some Hi energy guys. this morning. What's going on, Collins? Nothing much. How are you? Other than I almost slept through the show today. Yeah, Collins tried to... I, I texted Collins that I was here to pick him up. <laughs> First of all, well, I love how you just text me now, R&R. Yeah, R2R, R, ready to roll. Ready to roll. But I texted him this morning, go, Collins, I'm leaving. And then I go, ready to roll, because he didn't respond. So I figured a second text, maybe a second buzz to wake him out of that REM cycle, or whatever, REM, whatever, whatever, the, cycle. whatever <laughs> it's called, yeah. REO Speedwagon cycle. And then I gave him the here, and he didn't respond. So I go, I go, mentally, I'll give him two minutes, benefit of the doubt. And then I gave him a call. And I go, you alive? And he goes, yeah. And then he tried to give me some line about how he was awake, but he didn't see. I was phone. awake. I was. I had my alarm at nine forty-five. I woke up, went to the bathroom, came back. There was like five texts from you. Yeah. How do you just not take your yeah, phone like to the what? bathroom? Why is your phone out in the bathroom? A, it was a disaster. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. We're rolling along here on a Sunday. I don't know if this is going to be our. Here's the. Th- I'll pre- uh, let me. Let's be transparent with the audience. We're not sure if this is going to be our last show. Of the semester. Yeah, it's it's up in the air. It's a coin toss. Of the semester. Whoa. Wow. The semester. Whoa. The semester's <laughs> over. <laughs> Kinda. Wow. Life comes at you fast. You think about that? It's crazy. We're gonna have one more semester of doing this show and then it's a wrap. Dude, I don't even, I don't want to talk about it. I oh by the way, uh wait, first of all, we'll go back to this this whole thing. I don't know if we're gonna be here next Sunday. I, I would advise you tuning in at eleven. And if you don't hear us, then we're home for the holidays. See you later. Enjoy <laughs> you your later. holidays. Enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever. But if we are here next Sunday when you tune in, then great. We'll do this all over again. We'll do a second holiday extravaganza. Um, but back to your point about the semester being over, and we can touch a bit on the finals preparation. You guys always say you don't have finals to study for. I don't. Which is fantastic. I love it. But I had my first... One of my first moments of realizing that my time here is coming to an end. And I was at the library on Wednesday night. And my peak study hours are like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Solid. Can't do anything before that (laughs) because I have like FOMO that things are going to be going on during the day that I'm going to (laughs) miss. And like there's games to watch too at that, like right before 10 o'clock. So I never study before then. Go to the library. Actually... On this day, I went to the library at like 11.30 midnight because I had a portfolio to turn in for my coaching baseball class Thursday morning. Go to the library, get my stuff done. I'm walking out of the library at like 1.30 in the morning, and I'm walking across that bridge that takes you back towards the stadium parking lot. Oh, one of the best places on campus. So I'm walking across the bridge. It's all lit up beautifully. We got the light from like the underneath the bridge lights shimmering on the red cedar. You mm. got the big Spartan head lit up. And I'm walking on the bridge, and I'm, I, I recognize that it was one of those moments to where I could soak in being on campus and really appreciating where I was. So I stop for a second. I look out over the river, you know, do some deep breathing, get the smells in there. And I, I, I'm there for like two minutes, and I go to turn back to walk towards the parking lot, and I look up at the Spartan head, start crying out of nowhere. 
swear on my life, dude. I wasn't like sobbing or anything, but you I shed was that like, tear. I was very uh, self aware. Like, I'm crying right now. Like, I, I wasn't even like sad. I was just like, oh, this is a beautiful moment. So I'm not. I, I it's. I don't know why I didn't put together the finals week in the end of the semester. Co- oh, I just smacked smack the mic. That that finals week and the end of the semester coincide with each other. I don't know why I didn't put that. Together. Like when we come back to campus, it's second semester, and that's all she wrote. There's no looking back. That's it. That's it. My my dad literally told me he goes, "You're on the clock." That's crazy. And I was like, dude. Stop it. We got a shot clock now until we're good. That is insane. Dude, that has got to be the scare. You got to have chills right now. Yeah, I've got like, the heebie-jeebies. I don't want to. I don't. I'm like that's. A, I just. And I told my roommates like, you guys would never guess what just happened to me. I just started crying at the library. I'm like, why? Because you know you never go there and you don't know how to handle it. Like, no, <laughs> I was walking out of there. You just take it all in and just that. You, you, I lost it for a second. I lost control and I got myself back together and I drove home and life moves on. But. I just don't want to leave, man. No. I don't, want to I don't leave. either. I, n- I have never been to the library in my four years. Here. Like, I try my best <laughs> we'll not to spend you. time we'll, there. Let's take you to and the this library. year, I've been to the library more than any time just because I feel like I need to be there yes. before it's too late. I, the and, main lib or the law lib? The main lib. Yeah, the main lib's a hundred times better than the law library. That's just a complete lie. But it's, okay. I mean, it's, it's not, Collins. The law library is sad and quiet, and it's not for. It's just, it's, it's yeah, like. Yeah, well, the regular library is not for studying, it's for socializing. It, it, it's it, it, depends, it, on what, it depends on what floor. The business library is a zoo. Like, it, yeah, the people well, scream in there. Yeah, well, you got to do the I quiet take, section. I take ownership. <laughs> There's no quiet section in the yeah, business Yeah, there is. Like, it's the bad half, bud. Whatever. Well, the the main library is is the bread and butter of the university. That's every, every school's university. Every school's university. Every school's library is the bread and butter. Like, that's – you have to check it out. When I went to visit my, my friend at the University of Florida, I'm like, dude, take me to the library. I want to see what it's all about. What's the vibe like? <laughs> What's the vibe like? And I'll there? tell you what, we have a better library here at Michigan State. Our library is is fantastic, I will say. Just letting you know, but I need to study for finals so bad. Like I I don't I have a final tomorrow morning at 7:45 in the morning, That's then an, awful. another final 7:45 in the morning on Friday, and I have a couple projects. I don't mind doing projects. I can lock in and and do my powerpoints and write my papers. It's the sitting down and like studying plethoras of information that I just can't do. I get yeah. bored. But, uh, you know, I was going to study yesterday, but I was like, you know what? Let's just go to the hockey game. And I'm glad I did. And then while I was at the hockey game, I bought a ticket to the basketball game tonight. So I don't know when I'm supposed to study. (laughs) So I got a final at 7.40. By the way, how you can schedule a final at 7.45 in the morning is ludicrous. Like, that is outrageous to me. It makes no sense. I have a 7.45 exam on Tuesday for a class that normally just starts at 8.30. I don't understand why we can't just take the exam at 8.30. Like, it's already early enough. For class, why he's like university policy? Like, what is this policy that says I have to wake up at seven forty-five in the morning to take an exam? Don't understand it. Never will. I don't. I. It's just whatever. But hey, one last. And I'm. I'm almost embracing the exam season now, though. Like I. It, here. It, here we are. We're here. This is it. This is the final countdown. This. I mean, we're, it's Sunday now. We're gonna end finals week. Yeah. That is what it is, man. That's that's just life here on 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 campus as a college student. But uh, today we have a loaded show on our. I don't know. Can we call it the hot holiday extravaganza? The potential holiday. We don't. I don't think we will know until we see what happens next week. 
Yeah, it's it, this is still the holiday extravaganza. Okay. But the question is, will the extravaganza continue yes, for next exactly. week? Exactly. Exactly. Well, on today's extravaganza, we have Michigan State men's basketball that we will touch on here first. Uh, college football, the college football playoff season is among us. We will talk about those conference championship games that happened yesterday and Friday. Uh, we will have Michigan State women's basketball with Nathan Stearns after our first break. Michigan State hockey, pumped to talk about that. Great game yesterday. Ryan Collins will join us for that. Uh, our Sparty Awards, kind of double dipping here. Worst, we are. Worst Christmas moo Christmas. You hear me? Do you hear that come out of my mouth? Christmas? Mary Chrysler. Whatever. I hate that, by the way. Oh, That makes my skin crawl. Oh, that I love makes, that. That makes my skin crawl. But uh, worst Christmas moves. From Julian's end, I couldn't think of bad Christmas moves. Yeah, I you was were the one struggling that, this morning. I was the one that introduced the topic. <laughs> so my half of the Sparty Awards will be things Christmas things that fire me up. That's, a, that's yeah, and we'll have a discussion about that. Yeah, we have we we'll have, have a Christmas discussion, and then we'll finish the show with the picks uh, as usual. Um, if you want to join the show today, 517-432-3893 is the phone number, or text us at 517-884-8989. You can also tweet us at WDBM Sports with the hashtag GWReport. Okay, so basketball, I feel like every time we talk basketball, we have to rewind several days. They never play conveniently for our show. Yeah, it's not great. Not ideal. Because they're always playing in the beginning of the week, and then they play on Sunday. So we got to preview the one game and talk about a game that happened a week ago. I don't even remember what I had for dinner yesterday. Did I eat dinner yesterday? I hope so. Yeah, I had a turkey burger. Good. No bun. No bun? No bun. I ran I ran yesterday, so we had a health mm, day. Yesterday. Had a health day. I like it. My body's sore, man. I'm not feeling good. But either way, uh, Spartans losing to the Duke Blue Devils at home, 87-75. to That was on Tuesday at the Breslin Center. Some quick stats for you. Xavier Tillman, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 9 for 14 from the field in 29 minutes. Cassius Winston, 12 points, 7 assists. He was 4 for 14 from the field. On Duke's side of the ball, Vernon Carey, 26 points, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks, 8 for 16 from the field in 25 minutes. And Trey Jones, 20 points, 12 assists. Vernon Carey, you'd like to have him on your team, huh? Would love to. Well, I, I mean, you could probably get some other players better than him, but <laughs> you'd love to have Carey. Yeah, uh, you know, I I don't know, Julian. It's, it's a tough watch in that Duke game just because I feel like you were expecting a bit more of a game than actually happened, and I don't know where you, where you come out of that game thinking of maybe Michigan State's just not that good or maybe Duke is better than they actually are perceived to be. Or if you think this team has major problems that might not be able to get fixed, or if you think there's minute problems that are just growing pains, I'm not. I want to kind of gauge where your psyche's at after that loss. Yeah. So as I look at that game, I go first, and I one give credit to Duke because Duke has struggled to start this season. They have not played at the expectation that they were supposed to be playing at. Um, and so you give them credit for coming to East Lansing and putting, to be, putting together uh, probably their best game of the season, first and foremost. Um, Trey Jones was solid in this game. He had six turnovers, uh, but he was still solid in terms of 20 points, 12 assists, and then he locked up defensively on Cassius Winston and whoever else he had to defend, whether it be Rocket Watts on that end of the basketball. And then Vernon Carey was just dominant. They did what they were supposed to do, came in, dominated on the inside, had Carey started off there. Um, and on the Michigan State side of the ball, I, I think there are issues that can be worked out. The, the, I think the question you're at with Michigan State basketball right now and the thing you're kind of waiting for is you're waiting for certain players to turn the corner. Right. Um, you're waiting for Aaron Henry to become the guy that everyone wants. Oh, relax, Collins. Relax. <laughs> a, she's a kid. 
Just a sophomore in college. You're waiting for him to turn the corner and and be a member of this quote-unquote big three um, that Tom Izzo is trying to create. You're waiting for other players like Rocket Watts to finally find his shot or at least become more of a positive on the floor rather than turning the ball over and taking bad shots. Um, You're waiting for Malik Hall to turn into Kenny Goins. It's a lot of development that has to happen before you get to the final product. And I do think Everyone kind of underestimated the, the the meaning of Josh Langford, Matt McQuaid, and Kenny Goins to this basketball team. And I'm not going to sit here and act like Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins were superstars and All-Americans because they weren't. But they were great players who knew exactly how to play, who knew their roles, who knew where they were supposed to be on the floor. And right now you're working with freshmen at your two-guard position and your four-guard position. If Kithier's not playing, you're rolling with Malik Hall that are still figuring out their roles and where they sit out there on the floor. Now, is is Aaron Henry the guy that you look at and go, that's the guy that's been the most disappointing this season so far? Or or is he the biggest missing piece, or is it a guy at the four position? Is it is it the up-and-down play of Rocket Watts? Who is it to you that's been probably most disappointing through our handful of games here? To me, uh, disappointing is a hard word, because I do want to say about Aaron Henry, he was fantastic in Maui. Um, he had his best stretch of basketball in Maui, and he looked good. And coming back from that, against Duke, he didn't look great. And so if you want to say he is the biggest disappointment, you could go there. Because I think if this team is going to be anything different, anything to mess with, you need Aaron Henry to be better. And part of that is is that Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, that ball screen offense, I think teams are starting to figure out how to play it. They certainly are. And Duke shows you kind of a blueprint. You hedge on those screens, especially if you have a guy like Vernon Carey who is long, lengthy, tall, and can, he can move pretty well. Um, and so you show that you can stop that kind of ball screen offense. And then if you stop the ball screens for Michigan State, who else are you going to say, put the ball in their hands and they're going to get us a bucket? There's nobody else. But right. that guy can be Aaron Henry, and he has shown that. And so if he's... Able to show less of hesitancy, ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim, which he has shown in flashes before, then I think that can change how this Michigan State team goes. Um, aside from Aaron Henry, the four spot is a clear it, it's a clear place that Michigan State needs help. And I don't know necessarily if I'm going to say to be great, they're going to need that concrete, rock-solid starter, but they're going to need each and every player that's going to play that position to not be hesitant. When you guys look at the four spot, though, personally, I think Thomas Tither is the guy going forward if they want to be something this year. Because I think Malik Hall like gets exposed a little bit on the defensive end. With smaller guys and with bigger guys, he's just not physical enough. But when you look at like, do you think Malik Hall is the right guy? Because I think people are shifting towards that way. Because he does play aggressive on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think for for me, I like Malik Hall a lot. And I think that's because when I look, I see the Kenny Goins potential. I do agree with you, though. He might not develop that quickly if your expectation this season is to win a championship. And so that's where you would say Thomas Kithier is your best option. Because you already know what you're getting with Thomas Kithier. And they're getting crushed on the glass. Which is, which is very unlike Michigan State teams. Well, I think yeah. you have to look, one, at Xavier Tillman is undersized. He's not exactly, exactly. your big man. But he's um, physical. He, he is should physical. be grabbing more boards. He should be grabbing more, but it's also, there's no depth behind him to take his spot. And so, as the dude kind of exposed, you get two fouls on Tillman, who, who are you going to put down there that's going to be able to grab boards and grab rebounds? Because it's not going to be Marcus Bingham. 
that's that's the exposure that Michigan State's going to have to deal with as you go down this Big Ten season is what do you do outside of Tillman to get some size down low? You know, I, you bring up a good point about Marcus Bingham. I, I found myself in that Duke game. He had, look, look, I'll read a stat line for you. 12 minutes, 4 for 6 from the field, 2 for 3 from 3-point range. I don't know if anyone else on Michigan State besides catches hit a 3 the entire game. It didn't seem like it. 3 blocks as well. I... In only having 12 minutes in the game, and I don't know how many of those minutes came in the second half, and I don't think it was very many. I'm, am I, maybe I'm crazy. I want to see Marcus Bingham on the floor much more than he's been on the floor so far through these handful of games. And and it's his ability to Hello, shoot from guys. whatever that. What does that have to do? Anything with Marcus Bingham? How does that? He's have, LeBron James to you. He, well, I, I, he, look, he can he can shoot from mid range. He can shoot the three better than anyone else has shown you besides Cassius this season so far. And you can argue that with me all you want because no one else can shoot the ball from three point range. He's long. He's the only guy. I didn't think Tillman. If I see another basketball bounce off of Tillman's hands and his face and his chest and go out of bounds, or another time of him shooting the ball over the hoop like my dad does in the driveway, can't handle it. I don't. <laughs> I, I get he had 20 points. Don't think he's been good all year long. I need to see Marcus Bingham on the floor more often, please. I get he's not a great defender. He doesn't move terrifically laterally because he's built like a stegosaurus. I understand. That's a guy who I genuinely think, and I've said this on the show before, come his senior year is going to be a problem if he puts some weight on. So I don't, maybe I'm crazy in that respect because I don't think other people are as high on him as I am, but can you at least back me up that he's shown some pretty good flashes this season? He has. I mean, he had three. He, he, the, he, he handled Vernon Vernon Carey decently well a couple times in the glass. Couple mm. blocks on him. Mm. See now that what do you mean? Mm. it's 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 uh, he had that's one where it's, block on him. Yeah, he had, that, he had one or two blocks on Vernon Carey, and then he had like four and ones. <laughs> Which is what was Tillman doing a good job guarding Carey too? Tillman didn't guard him after he got in foul trouble. That was the thing. I I I Which I, just, I thought was a mistake. I would like to see a starting lineup of Cassius Winston, Aaron Henry, Gabe Brown. Marcus Bingham and Xavier Tillman. I, I, That's Julian, my dream starting yeah. five. Julian, I know you probably talked about this on Impact Izzo, but we need it for the Dorena White listeners. Yeah. Do you shoulder the blame on Izzo because they didn't double the post? Because that's what a lot of people wanted to see, like double the post, make, yeah. make Trey Jones beat you shooting, make Goldwire beat you shooting. And they didn't do that. They didn't double the post, and Vernon Carey just ran wild. Well, so Tino Tino Barca asked that question. He asked, "What percentage of this goes on Izzo?" Classic Izzo hater, by the way. Cl- so. Classic Izzo hater. He was definitely looking for for us to say 100 percent goes on Izzo and to fire him by the the two weeks lesson in right, the let's, season. Let's fire Izzo and cancel the basketball <laughs> program and put more money into something else. Um, but I said about 65 percent goes on Izzo, in my opinion. And I think one, it is the doubling of the post, it is the the lack of execution on their whole game plan. As Izzo said, was to dig. And the whole point of digging is that you have another player come in and kind of feign a double team on the post. Um, and that just was not done. And it was not executed enough and well enough for them in that game against Duke. And so 65% goes on for me, goes for Izzo in terms of that. And in terms of just not... What I did say on Impact Izzo was, while Izzo does shoulder the blame, and I give credit to credit where credit is due because this is a point that uh, I hadn't really, I had thought about, but not necessarily gone into deep, deep enough about until I read it. But Solari wrote a great post about how hard it is going to be to coach this team 
with what has gone on this season for Michigan State basketball. Izzo is known for being this aggressive, I'll tear you apart, I'll tear you down to build you back up type of coach. And with the the physical and mental hurdles that this team has had to go through, I don't know if necessarily that's the right way to coach this team. And I feel like Izzo kind of sitting in press conferences and seeing at practices and talking with him, I don't know necessarily right now if they've been able to figure out what is going to work to get this team to the level that it needs to be. Um, and I think as of right now, they're getting closer to figuring out how to coach and how to get this up and how to build the morale and build the toughness and figure out how to coach this team. But it's tough. This team is physically tired. They went from New York to Maui back and then had to play a game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge against Duke and have had to move around. I mean, you saw it with Michigan. Michigan came out with tired legs when they had to play Louisville. Yeah. And they went from Atlantis and, and so on and so forth. And mentally, with what has gone on here in East Lansing and Michigan State and with Cassius Winston and his family, there's a lot of hurdles to go through. And so for Izzo on that coaching side, he's dealing with something different this year. Um, he definitely needs to get this team tougher, get, build this mentality up. He has to be harder on this team. He's got to be harder on Aaron Henry, Aaron Henry, who has to be better. But at the same time, I look at the players and I say, Xavier Tillman has to be better. He has to be able to grab a basketball, as you say, Ryan. He can't yeah. bobble any passes. He has to come up with more than one post move. He has to be strong on the glass. Aaron Henry has to be better. He can't play like a freshman anymore. And I know that's kind of hard to say when he's just a sophomore, but you're one year down the line with the talent that you have. It, it can't be wasted. It's not even Aaron Henry like not like playing well. He's not that dude came. He was just an absolute non-factor, no show. Shot one time, yeah, and it was in a minute left. You're down like 18 points. I think the problem is like, obviously, Cassius is going through a lot, and he's not himself. You can tell he's not practiced enough. He's a little out of shape, and no one is picking it up for him, like nobody. Which is, I think they at that towards the end of the season, Cassius might be able to regain that rhythm he had last year in early season. This year, but if Aaron Henry's not going to help him out, it's not going to matter either way. Yeah, and I think for for all the people coming at Izzo for and you know Tito came at him for the the fact that there's no true backup for Cassius and then there's no lockdown big man. For one, I, I want to point out all the holes that are on this team. And I know people are like, like I said, Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins weren't that big of a fact, aren't that big of a thing. But one, they were pretty big holes to fill, and two, they came into this season expecting Langford to be healthy. And we can't pretend, even though I think I, I came on and said it and thought Langford wouldn't be that big. But then you look at it now, and you look at the roster, a freshman is starting at the two-guard spot. You don't have a solid four to fill in. Like, this team has more question marks than expected and is younger than expected, and I think that's what's leading to some of this rough play early on. Yeah, well, I just I, I look at the team, and, and you kind of have to take a step back when you see games against Duke. I mean, you're, you're only guys that are... Like you look at, I mean, obviously you're returning, you're returning Cassius, Tillman, Kithier, Henry. Like the list goes on. But as far as where those guys got minutes last year, it's not like Aaron Henry was was expected to play the same minutes that he is now. Tillman was a six man of the year. He's he, he never started games for you. Very rarely did. Uh, Kyle Ahrens is a guy who doesn't really get many minutes, if any at all, anymore. 
Foster Lawyer, another guy. Like again, that's your backup point guard. I yeah. get it. He's not strong in what he does. Uh, and you know, Bingham's expected to get more minutes. So all these guys that are, are expected to get more minutes to fill your McQuaid, to fill your Kenny Goings, your your Nick Ward. You know, th- they this is a new look for these guys and a new look for this entire Spartans team. So that's why, in my opinion, for people that look at this Duke game, I think Duke is a. I know they were ranked like what a tenth, eleventh, twelfth, whatever they were in that game. They look a lot better, and they obviously will be in the mix at the end of the year as they are every single year. This, to me, just looks like a Michigan State team who is going to need every game and every practice to get better. Like, I don't, I'm not expecting this team to go out and, and run the table and, and not, you know, they, they might drop a game to Michigan. It just, it might happen. They might drop a game to Ohio State. I don't, I don't know if I put this team on the same pedestal anymore as I did maybe at the beginning of the year or how I did last year's team where I expected every time you took the floor against an opponent that was that was as good or inferior than you, then you you it's it's a win no matter what. This is not the case. And Colin said in the car on the way over here, they might lose the Rutgers tonight. I don't expect that by any means, but you know, being a 15 point favorite against the Rutgers team who people don't realize is not as bad as their football team is, you never know. I, I will say this. You made the point about Michigan and Ohio State and Maryland. I, I think Michigan State came into the season thinking, oh, we have Maryland to deal with. We've had their number the previous couple of years. Michigan will be down. And I, Ohio State, maybe they'll, maybe they'll pick it up with their new incoming freshman. Now it looks like Michigan State might be the third or fourth best team in the league, which it, it's got to be an adjustment for this team. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. The Big Ten, I mean, the Big they look good this year. And I it's will say, so top heavy, but it's really good. I was not high on Ohio State coming into the season, and they've proved me wrong. I was not high on Michigan coming into the season; they proved me wrong early to start the 104 season. Hundred and four points in a college basketball game. Great two three zone Iowa <laughs> looks good. And I will say for Michigan, the one thing that if you if you're comparing, you want to compare Michigan to Michigan State, the one thing you will say Michigan has they have a lot of shot makers and a lot of playmakers on that team. And I you know you give Dan Dockage credit where credit is due for him, and as he said. Uh, you know a good shooter when you're surprised that a shot doesn't go in. Yeah, and you look now fair. at some of the shooters at Michigan State and you're surprised when a shot does fall. Fair. That is that that's true. And look, look like I said, I I just look at this team as, you know, you're going to get towards March. I can't promise you they're going to win the Big 10. To to be honest with you, I don't really care. I'd rather have a national championship than a Big 10 title. So, I don't know. What was I look back now and, and people that say that you know, they shouldn't have been ranked one to start the season. I don't know. I mean, you look at the team on paper and what they were able to do last year. I think it was fair. I don't think anyone was like scratching their head all that much that they that they shouldn't have been ranked number one. I just think now you you know you have to put your money where your mouth is. You're seeing you know, the the question marks that you could have potentially had are now real feasible question marks as far as young some young talent and experience. You're not sure who who's playing where, who's going to fill that role for, for Josh Langford. If Josh Langford is going to play basketball ever again at all, and that whole situation is a completely different thing that bothers the hell out of me because I just genuinely don't understand how you take a year and a half off basketball and you're still not okay. So I don't know who that falls on. And whatever these rumors I keep hearing about how he doesn't want to play basketball anymore, I don't know. But it's very frustrating. So... As I'm now hitting the panic button, I'm going to tell you, don't hit the panic button. A lot of game to be played. They play Rutgers tonight, 7 o'clock from the Breslin Center. Um, what are you expecting to see from this team tonight? 
Uh, well, no Rocket Watts, correct? Yes, no Rocket Watts. Um, he is sidelined with a stress reaction in his left foot. Which he was I, wearing a boot when, yesterday. When I saw that, I initially thought that he had like had a mental breakdown because like of like finals or something. A stress that's reaction, I, yeah. Like, how about like a stress <laughs> fracture? I like that's that would help me as a non-science brain, not a stress reaction like he broke out in hives because he was stung by a bee. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, he will not. I was play. just confused. Um. So we do not know what an expected starting lineup is. The, the, the prediction that we have for Impact Izone was that Gabe Brown will slot in um, and you will kind of run with a small ball um, five to start the game. Um, I think that's where Tom Izzo is leaning towards with Gabe Brown in there but wouldn't give a definitive answer as to who's going to start. As far as this Rutgers game, I, Rutgers is a better team than a lot of people will give them credit for. Um Steve Peichel has built a program over there. He's slowly but surely building up this Rutgers team. They bring back eight of last year's starters. Um, they do lose Eugene Omarui, who was one of their one of their better players down on the inside. He transferred to Oregon um, to play there, and so they're missing him. But they get a good forward in Miles Johnson, uh, a couple good guards in Geo Baker, Geo Baker over there who can knock down some shots. And so this team is is no joke, and they have given Michigan State some issues um, in a, the past couple of games. I expect this to be a turnaround game though for the Spartans. This is one that it's on your home floor. You turn around, you win this, and you build up some momentum um, heading in to have Oakland next after this one. And just heading into Christmas break, you have to have something positive going forward. And I think this is a game where Xavier Tillman um, gets his mojo back. He finds some strength on the glass. I mean, Miles Johnson has come in, and he's got some confidence and feels that he can, he is one of the best uh, big men in the Big Ten. I think this is where Xavier Tillman goes out there and says, wait, I'm still here. Um, and so I think this is a turnaround game for the Spartans. Before we move on, I do want to mention Joe Dandron, our friend Joe Dandron, tweeted yes, at us this yes. morning. Thanks for waking up with us, Joe. He asked, uh, where do you expect the Michigan State Spartans basketball team ranking to fall after having played the Duke game? And will this game tonight have an effect on where that ranking is come next week? The beginning of this week, I should say. That's a good question because I don't know if I exactly know where they will be ranked. I'm not sure yet if I'm ready to say they're falling out of the 25, especially with a loss to Duke. They do have three losses on the record. A win here I don't think moves the needle in any direction. Uh, Rutgers is a good team, but I don't know if that's something that you know the poll will look at and say, oh, a win against Rutgers, let's move you up two spots, or let's right. keep you in here. Right. Um, but I don't know. I would s- still expect them to be in there. I would say maybe around the 14 or so range. I think is a good estimate for a team that uh, drops a tough Duke game um, and then maybe picks up a win here against Rutgers. All righty. So we will put the wrap, the kibosh on Michigan State basketball. Impact is on all things Michigan State basketball. They'll be on the game tonight covering that. Play-by-play, potentially, or no? Uh, I don't think we're going live today. I think it's going to be... Yeah, I don't think it's a live live broadcast all tonight, right. but it gets some updates from uh, Trent Bally, Natalie Kerwin, and I believe Charlotte is there. Excellent. I'll be in attendance. I can't wait. Yeah, so make sure to follow him on Twitter. Excellent. Let's move on now to some college football. That was going on all day yesterday. Also led to my complete unproductivity-ness, if that is a word. It's not a <laughs> word, but that's what was going on. It we'll was get... a lot. There was back-to-back games. I mean, it's just like, what do you want me to do on conference championship Saturday What other than watch football? I, I locked in. I did go for a run yesterday, as I said. I don't, keep, I don't want to keep bragging about it, but I did go for a run. Brag a little bit. Brag ran a little one, bit. Ran one mile, about four minutes slower than I did in high school, but either way. Uh, we'll, we'll hit a bit on each of the games as far as the Power 5 games go. We can start Friday night. Oregon, Utah. Don't want to brag. I knew Oregon would win that, win that game by 100. Utah, the biggest <laughs> fraud in the nation. I wanted Utah to win because I wanted to watch the the uh, committee squirm a bit with having yeah. to deal with Utah. They stink. 
They were a fraud all year. You actually have to play a real team in Oregon, and you got blown out. So have a great season. Wherever you end up playing your bowl game, it's been fun. We Every single year, Utah's like weirdly in the conversation of like, hey, by the way, do you know Utah's undefeated? Yeah, well, like you said, they didn't play anyone this year, but this is the first time they've actually been in a CFP conversation. Right, I'll give you that. I'm just saying each year it's like you look at them the stands like, oh, yeah, Utah's got a football team. That game was that game was over the first 10 minutes. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. In yeah. Oregon, you, you think, again, Oregon. Actually, Utah made a nice little run in the second half. Oregon has how many losses here? The two, two. losses? Two. Yeah. Against Auburn and who else was the other Arizona loss State to? a couple weeks ago. Which is tough. Which is tough. We pretty, know how that pretty feels. Tough. Pretty tough. But you think, hey, Oregon, you know, doesn't nah. lose that Arizona nah. State game. Scratching your head. What's the conversation? Football playoff. Uh, I think standings come out at one or twelve. I think twelve. Really? I think so it might be couple, twelve. Yeah. So in like thirty minutes, we'll find out who's in. Okay. Excellent. So I don't know. Oregon impressed me. I like Justin Herbert a lot, but whatever. I just this this Pac-12 game is just. I don't know. So if it's, stupid. Yeah. I just like it's like Friday night. Why? What? I don't know. No one cares. There's no one there. It's very bizarre. Yeah, it's very exactly. Bizarre. They That's what I don't know what universe I was in this weekend, but I forgot like what day it was many times. And so when that Pac-12 game came on on Friday, I was like, why are they playing? It makes no sense. It's one of those games where you just like you're flipping the channel on a Friday night. You're like, oh, this is on. Yeah, like, oh, and what? it should be. Yeah. And it should, because the Pac-12 has been so bad the past like exactly. four or five years. Exactly. That it's just depressing. They need it USC, is. they need UCLA to get better for that conference to be anything. They do, exactly. I agree. So that game, I guess, is a wash. Only thing, that might have been the only game that I got right on the weekend. I went on SRZ. <laughs> I thought I was going to go 5-0 and or whatever. I completely embarrassed myself. So I hate, Yeah, I hate to see it. Whatever. Either way, that game was Friday night. We'll move into the first game now on Saturday. Oklahoma, Baylor, and the Big 12 championship game. This is another reason why I just, I, I, I just refuse to let myself gamble anymore because – Big 12 game, you assume 100 points are going to be scored. They scored 100 points last time they played each other, and it was like a it was like a rock fight the entire game until things picked up. Baylor's starting quarterback gets knocked out literally pretty much. Jalen Hurts, love the guy, turns the ball over too much. I, I, I don't think Oklahoma is going to be able to compete with whoever they play in this game, but I, it was still a fun game to watch. I mean, you and look- Baylor, Baylor impressed me because I I looked at Baylor as a team that was like, eh, are they really that good? And they they impressed me. They showed up. Baylor's defense very good. Matt Rule has to win Coach of the Year this year, National Coach of the Year. He's been insane, and his little smock that he wears. <laughs> I don't know what why he has that. He looks like a photographer at every game. It's fire. <laughs> but like you look at that, and you're like, is Jalen Hurts really like that good? But he he really he is. He's turnover no, prone. He is. But like that Baylor defense. Flat out was for real. And, and and you look at that Oklahoma game at the end, their defense stepped up. Oklahoma goes right down, scores a touchdown right after a face mask on CeeDee Lamb that leads that touchdown in the first OT. And then Baylor, literally, Baylor's third and quarterback was running for his life the moment he hit the field yeah. in overtime. I will say, you look at this game, one, like you said, Jalen Hurts is phenomenal. I think he's great. And I think if, if you're going to have somebody who it's a close game and you're going to give me a quarterback to pick at and go out and win a game – you really like Hurts in that situation. He's always, experienced. Always looks very calm, cool, and Always calm. All the time. Always I hate calm. the stupid post-game gym, though. It's it's so annoying. The I love hard it. O, hard o I love completely. it. But I do, I will say, if, you know, obviously the Baylor will lose some players in the coming years, but that third-string QB, Jacob Zeno, I think it's Jacob Zeno. Yeah. 
I think that could be. I he mean, like prisoner of the Mike. moment, but yeah. man, that he had some really, really great throws. That was great. I'm glad we got to see an overtime game too, because that was a game that was right after that was right before my run. Yeah. I went for a run yesterday, <laughs> and I was, my buddy was like, "All right, let's go." I'm like, "I don't know, man. It's overtime. That could have been a seven overtime game, and the score could have been 105 to 104." I was waiting for it. You're hoping for it. So you I, didn't have I to was, go run. but I, I now I, I would have to think that Baylor now gets the number four. I'm sorry, Oklahoma gets the number four <laughs> spot. And I don't think they can p- compete with any of the other three teams in the playoff this year. Well, why are they didn't get the number four spot? Because Georgia stinks. And I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a little clip just to <laughs> remind you how bad they stink. Are you ready? Classic college game day clip. Ugly. Ugly. They stink. They stink. I wanted Georgia to win. I just wanted them to be good, man. Like they just why are they why do they struggle to be like actually does Kirby Smart win anything? Dude, I asked this question on Thursday and people got mad at me. Like Kirby Smart. No, but it's a legitimate question. It's a legit question. He's always in I like they're always in the conversation. They're the fakest SEC team ever to like compete. No, I mean they literally were like a field goal away from winning a national title. So I'm not going to say that they haven't won anything since he's been there. He's in, he's literally the best recruiter in college football. I need more. But when it comes to like the SEC championship game the last two years, he's in flat out out coach, which is, yeah. I mean, say what you want, but I mean, I, I know LSU basically looked invincible and Joe Burrow had all the time in the world on a Georgia defense that's just made out with dudes. It, 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 I I think the question is: Is LSU really that good? I think they're gonna get the one seed too now. You think so? Yeah, especially because Ohio State struggled a little bit with Wisconsin. That's that's a that's an interesting. It's a tough one there. Yeah, it's a the tough number one because it matters. Yeah, like, it, does. it actually matters now because I think LSU would beat Oklahoma by more than three touchdowns. Let's let's move it. Let's fully dive into that LSU Georgia game now. I was absolutely shocked with how bad. Like I I just didn't I didn't realize Georgia was not gonna be able to compete. No. LSU is just that good. LSU, I, it, it might be that. I think LSU's defense is not in a bad rap this season where you, you've, seen the, you've seen teams like Ole Miss, Vandy, put up some big numbers on their defense because the game's out of hand and they're basically playing like second string guy. It, like, yeah. th- those numbers add up after you're up 65-7 to seven and you don't want to get Grant Delbert hurt. So I, I, I think there's a lot of misconception with that defense and that unit is very good yeah. like they that, that's a very good defensive unit i think people just say oh this offense is tearing them that defensive side of the ball which you saw yesterday can make some plays in some big spots for yeah them. the defense is solid and then i mean the thing that's pushed them forward is the play of joe burrow oh and he's, he's incredible he's been incredible and he tore apart the georgia defense which has dudes on it which has men on that and he tore it apart and i i think it goes without saying that whoever they're going to play is going to have a problem trying to contain Joe Burrow. Does Joe Burrow lock up the Heisman now? Oh, he's our conversation over for three weeks. Conversation over yeah, now. It's, it's been even, over. It's his name's on the trophy. <laughs> it's on the trophy. Excellent. Yeah, that's I, that. LS, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the number one spot. And with uh, I, I just think LSU. I, I'm trying to go back and forth of like who's the unbeatable team. I don't know if it's LSU or Ohio State. Clearly, I mean, for a, a whole half there, they look like they were very beatable. I just think I, I think LSU is the it should be the number one team. I think I, I think I they're the too. team to beat after after watching how Wisconsin was able to hang in there with Ohio State and just how LSU was able to ma- thirty seven to ten is a manhandling and it wasn't even that close. 
Yeah, I, I seriously like they they dominated Georgia in all three phases. I don't know if, and I've said this about OSU, but I don't know if anyone can beat OSU. I don't know if anyone can beat LSU. We are we that this this world has needs this LSU OSU match. <laughs> and then people for we haven't even mentioned it. There's Clemson right there at the three yeah, seed, but with, yes, with exactly. a bunch of dudes that won a national title. And you see T Higgins last night. Against bona fide NFL talent yeah. in that Virginia secondary, and it, it's not fair because that guy is just a flat out stud. Clemson is interesting because it matters who the two seed is. Yeah, you're because, absolutely right. Because if you're Ohio State, you don't want to see Clemson in the in the first round. You already saw how that went down the f- last time they played. I'm it'll, just saying it'll be interesting. I will I will say in Ohio State's defense for one. Out of the blowout LSU just had, that's how LSU's been dealing with opponents all season long. Yes, though. right. So was LSU though. But you looked at this Ohio. State. But I think Ohio LSU has a higher like score differential. Oh, like yeah, throughout their entire point, yeah. season, and I think they have one more win over a top twenty five opponent. I I think it's how they value the conference. Yeah, I, I think they value SEC and Big Ten are obviously the best two conferences this year, and I I think if the committee values the Big Ten more than SEC, I think they get the one seed. But I I think LSU is just so impressive. Like yesterday in a game they really didn't need to be that impressive in because they already secured a playoff spot, basically. I I, I think that was just a statement to get the number one seed. I, I understand that I think Clemson is legitimately a good team. Obviously, 13-0. and like yeah, To win 13 games is impressive nonetheless. I'm trying to find here who they're – Toughest opponent was like is it, is, clo- it, is it is it South Carolina is it Texas A clo- and M the closest game they played this year is when they won by one in Chapel Hill yeah it was North, North Carolina, Carolina which was cut which is a fluky game but t- t- the fact that the this ch- in a Power Five conference as the ACC the fact that you can come into a game favored by thirty and then you win the game sixty two to seventeen is beyond me. Like that's a championship game too. That's what I mean. A championship to play to be the best team in your conference and you win the game 62 to 17 is fundamentally embarrassing to me. It's pretty ACC. The ACC needs Florida state like in the pro and know what's the problem there. Florida State and Clemson are in the same division in the ACC. Exactly. They need, they need someone in the coastal, like North Carolina with Matt Brown, that looks like they have hope with a freshman quarterback, Sam Howell. They need someone in that like other side of the coastal to pick it up because they need you to be better. Like they, they, they need a lot of things to happen, but the ACC stinks out loud. There's not even anyone good in Clemson's division. Like the coastal's bad. Don't get me wrong. The other division stinks too. I just I I that I didn't watch a snap of that game. It was what over. Was, why? What was the point? Virginia went down the field, threw an interception in the end zone. I was like, okay, let's put on the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Game. I mean, I don't even want to talk about it, but Clemson's a legitimately good team. But I don't know, like, if, if you actually have to see an LSU or an OSU, you might be screwed, man. Like, I, yeah, yeah. It is I, that, 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 I, like, but I don't know. Because I think you look at Clemson, Clemson's still the same dang team yes, that went out are. there. I, and like, are. you look at the stats, and obviously, ha- no one has probably watched any of these ACC games. No. But Trevor Lawrence, once again, 3,000 yards on the season with 34 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Quietly. Quietly. Quietly still (laughs) being. He's really nice. I mean, you could even argue that he's quietly been the best quarterback in college football. Obviously, Joe Burrow has done what he's done, but people haven't been watching Trevor Lawrence. And I think Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson team is going to make a statement with whoever they play in the playoff that, hey, 
we may play in the ACC, but we're still head and shoulders one of the best teams in college football. I will say this about this Clemson team, because they lost so much off that defensive line last year to the NFL, and then people kind of ri- like wrote off how good this defense could be. This defense is just as good as it was last yep. year, maybe better. That's how good that defense has performed this year. And, and, and it'll be very interesting how they show up against an Ohio State or LSU because I think that's some like thing people aren't talking about enough, how good this Clemson defense is. Well, let's go to the last game of the night, and then we can talk about big picture as a whole. Uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin, Ohio State winning 34-21. I, I, I admittedly didn't get to watch a ton in the first half. I just saw it going into halftime at 21-7. That was terrifying to watch. Like, Ohio State, 27 nothing in the second half. Terrifying. Like I, I, I was I felt helpless on my own couch. I felt terrible for Wisconsin. And like how how much of an emotional swing can that be of leading beating the best team in the nation by two touchdowns going into halftime and then you let you never got close to scoring again. Like that was out of control. Yeah, no, and that was that was what was crazy about it was that Wisconsin goes in a halftime feeling on top of the world. Exactly. Like, the energy I felt watching that game from Wisconsin, I mean, when Jack Cohen runs in for a, one of his rushing touchdowns, like he's Jackson. screaming, he's hyped, it's exciting. Yeah. And you're like, wow, Wisconsin, like, they came in with a game plan that worked. Exactly. They were ready to go. They had everything. And then it just felt like the second half starts, and it's like you're watching a completely different football yeah, game. Yeah, immediately. Ohio State scores immediately, and you're just like, here we go. I As soon as Ohio State puts seven on the board right off the bat, you're like, it's not going to stop. And we I knew think they were going to win. That's the thing that to me has been so mesmerizing about Ohio State all season long is that, and even though this was an entire half, I feel like against you know Michigan State, even Michigan, Ohio State will sit there and it'll be a game for yeah. the first quarter. And you'll be like, wow, somebody might actually beat them. Nope. And then they come out of the gates and it's like you're watching a different team. And I don't know if it's, if it's coaching, if it's Ryan Day and what he's saying in the locker room or what he's doing. But the fact that this che- this team goes from like looking beatable to an absolutely invincible, unbeatable destroyer of a team is ab- is insane. I-, I just think they they obviously have players everywhere. They are so well coached that you go into the locker room. They made adjustments. They came back. Wisconsin had no answer. Like it was just it was a matter of time. And I, I would have been cool to think. I don't know if if Wisconsin wins that game. Can you put a two loss Wisconsin team in there that wins the Big Ten? It's all the all these. I, I just I would have loved to have seen chaos. I would have loved to have seen a Utah win. I would have loved to have seen a Georgia win. Maybe a Baylor win. I think an Oklahoma win probably makes it a bit more chaotic than a Baylor win. And then you have Wisconsin win. It'd be chaos. Would have been out of control. See, I don't know. This is where I get interested because to me, I kind of feel if Wisconsin pulls out that win. I, I, you might go with two Big Ten teams. Abby Cray? I, it's I, I think you do. I think, I think that's because how because if, if Ohio State is as good as you say they are, Wisconsin goes out and at least the way they were doing it, yeah. beats Ohio State, and then you look at Oklahoma and say, okay, Oklahoma's a good team, but right, they've had their issues this season as well. I think you go and you say Wisconsin gets in there. I think no, they slide in. Wisconsin would probably have to win by like two touchdowns for that to be an argument. Yeah. Because it's really tough to leave out like an Oklahoma team that beat the team they played in a conference championship twice. Yeah. So that's like a very hard conversation to have. But I, I, I just want to say this, and I hate the people who go on Twitter and go, oh, we need an 18 playoff. 
Guess what? You don't need an A-team playoff. You get the four best teams every year. Yeah. The best team usually wins a national title. Isn't that the whole point? And you don't ruin bowl season. Like, right. People need I, to yeah. like get out, like get their heads out of the cloud thinking that an A-team playoff, that just screws up the regular season more. College football's regular season is the only playoff type of system where you, if you want to win a national title, you basically have to win 11 games or more. Yeah, it makes the regular season important. Why? Why do people want to get rid of that? I do not know. It drives me crazy. That's I, what I was gonna say. Then that's I think why I enjoy it because having four lens to conversations like we have right now, right? Exactly. Of who gets in and who is out, and then especially like you said, it makes every game count. Because then you look at like what was it? You look at Oregon. In Oregon, they went on to win, but because of a dropped game to Arizona State, and obviously they dropped another one, but that Arizona State one's probably the biggest one that'll keep them out if they were even to have a conversation yeah. of getting in. Like it makes every single game important, every moment that much yes. that much more important of the case. And the people argument it's like with eight teams is that you'll have the same conversation with four. I don't want teams that are ten and two in a playoff. This is college football. It's supposed to be perfection. And I and when you see games like like Wisconsin, Ohio State, Ohio State's already in. What are they going to be playing for? Like, yeah. it, it, like see that game last. Like, what are they playing for? And, and you see games at the end of the season. Say Auburn and Alabama are highly ranked, like they usually are when they play in the Iron Bowl, and that's a four or five game. What's the meaning of that? It, it, it might be an elimination game, but that's an elimination game already. Like. If you lose those teams, those are elimination teams. People are like, you need an eight-team playoff. It's a playoff the whole year. Yeah, I I think eight. I, I'm a big, if anything, you go to six and you have your conference champions. Because if you look at your your power five conference champs, you could you could make a, a a great game out of that, and then or a great playoff out of that. Then your one at large team. I don't think it should be the best group of five because they have they could not compete against power five teams. But I last year you didn't have eight good teams to put in the playoff. I'm sorry, you didn't. And you look at Utah as your number five team right now, like Oregon killed them, and they're the 13th ranked team. Like They're not even in the conversation. Obviously, they would have moved up after that, after the game against Utah, but whatever. Either way, uh, we'll find out, I guess, where the rankings are, either at noon or 1 o'clock today. If that happens at noon, we'll try to update you. But now we've been talking for like pretty much a straight hour. That's incredible. That's incredible. We kept going. We kept rolling. Us. How about a break? You good with the break? Let's do it. Okay, Let's we'll take, take a, break. a break here. Before we go to break, though, I want to throw the number out there, 517-432-3893 if you want to call in, 517-884-8989 to text us or tweet us at WDBM Sports using the hashtag GW Report. On the other side of this break, we will have Michigan State women's basketball with Nathan Stearns, and we'll talk some MSU hockey. Stay with us, folks. This is the Green and White Report. That's the sound of your classmate receiving an attachment of you posing in your underwear. Your ex-boyfriend forwarding the picture to his friends. It being sent to your coach. And worst of all, your dad. All because of the time you posted those pictures on your profile. Anything you post online, anyone can see. So think before you post. For more information, visit www.cybertipline.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Justice, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the Ad Council. Attention listeners, step right up. Who wants to win a fabulous prize? Really? How do I win? 
Just tune in to the top five at five. You can win a fabulous prize just by listening in. No way! How's it work? Listen to The Impact every weekday at 5 p.m. We'll count down the top five songs, then you can call in to win concert tickets, movie passes, and other prizes. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Fabulous prize. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. There we go. Now we're back. We're feeling good. It's all right, Collins. Collins, <laughs> he's too wrapped up. <laughs> he's too wrapped up in the uh, Christmas music. He's a little distracted. Got to over turn there. the mics back on. It's Come okay. on, it was not, that's not that important, is it? Turning yeah. the mics on. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. And, uh, what a great song. This is like a. This is a. I like the vibe that this song creates because it's like you're upbeat. You're feeling good. You got, you got, a, you got a, like your third glass of eggnog in you at the Christmas party. This is Home Alone to me. Every it time is. I hear yeah. this, it reminds exactly. me of Home Alone. Exactly. Christmas All right. Tree. We're approaching hour number two here on the Green and White Report. We are joined now by Nathan Stearns. Nathan Stearns, happy holidays. Thanks happy for being holidays, here. brother. How are you doing today? I'm hanging in there. Uh, I, I, I burnt my cookies, but it is what it is. They were good. So we're gonna, they were good. We're I felt along. the love that was in there. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, it's, it's easier than getting you guys all Christmas gifts, but unfortunately, Stearns can't eat the cookies because of his dietary restrictions. So. Dietary restrictions. Eggs, milk, soy, nuts. But I am a meat and potatoes guy, and ev- everyone that's ever seen me knows I'm not malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> meat and potatoes, I get around pretty well. I Stearns, really do. if I could describe you in one word, it would be in two words. Mean potatoes. Yeah. You're just a simple guy. Wholesome. Simple. Wholesome man. Simple. Wholesome, that's a great Wholesome man, yes. Perfect. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll talk some Michigan State women's basketball basketball here Michigan State start the season 5 and 0 drop two of the last three games uh, they just lost their Big Ten ACC Challenge game to Florida State as we talked about last week 78 to 68 your thoughts and takeaways from that game have you guys ever seen a sporting event and this is a rhetorical question but where you know <laughs> what's going to happen and you just want to beat your head through a wall of cement yes. that's what this game reminded me of every Lions game ever yeah <laughs> this was a game Michigan State should have won Flat out. They led the majority of the game. They were going into the fourth quarter up by three. And the same script that happened against LSU happened today where they just lose, contain. They struggle doing simple offensive things, and it comes back to bite them in the rear end. And that's what happened again. They were forcing shots, outscored 29-16 to in the fourth quarter, and that made all the difference in the world. You lose 78-68. to And it's not a bad loss. I'm not sitting here saying they're losing to Moorhead State, who they're playing on the 15th, but LSU was a game they could have won, and Florida State is a game they could have won. If you win those two games, your season's completely different right now because Florida State would be a program win. That would be a game, a win against the top 10 ACC opponent and a game that this team traditionally doesn't win. And they had every opportunity to win that game. They led from the onset of the second quarter until the fourth. They were... Not wire to wire, but for the middle tier of that game, were hands down the better team. And it was once again in crunch time where the senior leaders and Shea Colley and Terry McCutcheon disappeared a little bit. Really, really did. And it came back to bite him in the rear end, as I just said. And it was a missed opportunity. It really, really, really was. Obviously, not a loss that's going to knock you down a couple pegs in the. I mean, it might knock you down a couple pegs in the ranking, but it's not really going to do anything from a bracketology standpoint, but it is a missed opportunity. It's more of what could your resume have been had you won this game in a game that you really should have won. The final score is 78-68, to but that wasn't indicative 
of how close this game was. It was a 5-6-7 point Michigan State lead. It seemed like that entire game until the fourth when the shots for Michigan State wouldn't stop falling. And the one thing I've noticed with this team is one and two possessions where you don't score tur- uh, turns into 5-6-7. That's what it comes down to at this point. There's They struggle to stop the bleeding, and they really, really struggle to put a cap on their problems when they need to. And part of that struggle offensively, at least to me, has been with Taryn McCutcheon. And I want to ask you, you're sitting there watching all the games. What has been the difference with McCutcheon's play with averages of 11.6 points a game, just three assists, but shooting 35% from the field and 32% from three-point range? Well, it's hard for me to sit here and say definitively what her problems are because we weren't there for the Florida State game. We weren't there for the Kansas State game. We weren't there for these last several games, but you're absolutely right. And she goes through spurts where she looks really, really good. She was really, really good in the first quarter in the first half of that game, but ended up going 3 of 12. Wasn't great against LSU, but her intangibles of being the best on-ball perimeter defender this team has, being another ball handler alongside Nia Clouden who can run the offense, get everybody into position, the problem is... And the games that I've watched, and keep in mind that's going on a couple weeks now where we haven't seen them play because they've been a thousand miles away, the rotation looks good. The shot looks good off her hand. She doesn't force things. It's just them not falling, and it's the weirdest thing because in the games that I've seen, it's not, you know, Eliza Winston going end-to-end trying to take on four people and losing it. It's open threes, and it looks good off the hand, and it looks good on the way down and just doesn't go in. So I think you have to believe after a while the shots are going to start falling. And for this team, they have to. They really, really have to because without her, they are a lot more hampered. Going into this year, she was one of the consistent players that you could rely on. Was never going to be a world beater, but someone you could count on for 10, 12 points a game, was going to shoot 45% from the floor, was going to make a couple big threes, and was going to play fundamental basketball. And so far, I think it's fair to say the season has been a bit of a disappointment because 35% isn't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it against anybody, but it's been a larger problem. Shea Colley coming back now. It's been a couple games. She was rusty in this game. She's had a couple decent games. I think she was 5-12 against Kansas State. But she's not shooting about 40% from the floor. It's a larger problem of this team, of them hanging in the mid-30s every time. They were... You know, in the mid-30s against Florida State, they were in the mid-30s against LSU. They got to start getting into the 40-45% shot range. They're going to win these games. Missing key free throws a big time. So this was a game that elite programs win. And they are on the cusp of being a very, very good program. But right now, they're still just a good program. They're unable to break through that wall. Because normally, this is not a game that, that they win. Or that they're close to winning. And they should have won that game. I don't like the coulda, woulda, shoulda scenario, but when you lead for the better part of two and a half quarters, I think you can make the reasonable argument that it's a game you let slip through your fingers. And it was a game that they had to continue to fight back from, they fought back from, but it was that last challenge. It was that last insurmountable deficit that they could not break. Once they got down, you knew, I don't want to say you knew the game was over, but it's like, okay, Florida State's leading for the first time. Since the first quarter, this feels like the time where they really just take off and run with it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and part of the one thing that I did want to touch on, as you as you said, Shea Colley comes back, returns from Team Canada. And I want to ask you, because someone who turned on 
really turned on in her absence was Nia Cloud. And her play stepped up. She took a big leap. And I want to ask, with Shea Kali coming back, do you see one of Kali or Cloud having to take a step back for the other one to be better? Or do you see them being able to work together? And how do you see kind of this three-guard lineup of McCutcheon, Kali, and Cloud working down the line? If they want this team to be good, they can't take a step back. They have to be a cohesive unit. The good the one good thing with Kali, she's not a prototypical guard. She can guard two through four. But if you're talking about someone who, assuming, does have to take a step back, I think it has to be Shea. Because she's leaving in February again for Team Canada. This is Nia Cloudin's team at this point. Nia Cloudin will be here for the next two years. Shea Kali's gone in March. And Nia Cloudin is on the precipice. I've said this and I've said this of being really, really good. 22 points against Florida State. She's that good. She has the potential to be an all-conference. Not, I'm not ready to say all-American guard her senior year, but definitely all-conference. She's that good, that athletic. And I think they're still meshing with each other. They're still gelling with each other because they both have almost an alpha dog personality. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They both want to win, but they both are comfortable being at the forefront. Kali's a little bit more outgoing than Cloudin is, but Cloudin's a different person when she gets on the floor. How I see this working overall, someone's going to have to start making shots. And that's what this comes down to. I see a bunch of players right now who are still feeling each other out. It's, I mean, lo- looking at the box score, Nia Cloud in 6 of 14 against Florida State, Shea Colley 4 of 10, Taryn McCutcheon 3 of 13, Victoria Gaines 3 of 8. That ain't going to cut it. That's not good enough. That's simply not good enough. And if you're Michigan State, Someone's got to step up here. Someone other than Nia Cloud has to wake up because she's been your calling card all year. And yes, Shea Colley's averaging double figures. But 40, 39, 40% not really good enough. And this is, Colley arguably is the most athletic player on this Michigan State team. Her best advantage is being able to put the ball on the deck and using her quickness to go right at the rim and get a bunch of and ones and either get fouled or finish around the rim. And she's been shooting a lot more outside jumpers lately and for me, it's you're the most athletic player on this team. When you get going like a bowl right toward the rim, no one can stop you without fouling. You're that athletically gifted. You're that quick. So stop trying to shoot a bunch of 30-foot pull-up jumpers, okay? You don't have to do that to be good. And I think once she starts doing that, this team will be that much better. Yeah, and looking ahead as Big Ten Conference League will begin to start up relatively soon. A Big Ten ACC Challenge took place. And looking, I want to ask you about your early Big Ten season rankings. Kind of thoughts on where some teams are sitting in the Big Ten. Michigan picked up a big win in their ACC Challenge game against Syracuse. They look pretty good sitting at 7-1 and one so far on the season. I watched that game. Michigan's really weird. They will look like a top 25 team some days and then lose to Notre Dame. And that's not that's not a slight to Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is going through some really, really big freshman pains right now. And looking ahead to the Michigan State schedule, Indiana, you know, is going to be there. You know, Maryland's going to be there. Purdue's normally decent. But for Michigan State, they were projected to be second in the conference, and it's going to be hard. This is a bloodbath conference, and they need to figure some things out and quickly before I'm ready to say they're going to go on the road and beat Assembly Hall or beat Indiana at Assembly Hall at the turn of the new year. That's going to be a hard game for them. You got Moorhead State coming up that's almost a throwaway game. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a game that's going to be competitive because it's not. Moorhead State's a mid-major school, 
But with Syracuse and West Virginia down the line on the 20th and 21st, those are the games where you really have to be, you really have to watch out for. And I'm going to hold off on like ranking the until we get into conference play because there still are a couple more big games for these teams. And I think after the 20th, 21st, you're going to have a much better idea of where they rank. And Syracuse is a good team. They ran a lot of that. They were actually playing Michigan. Was it ESPN or Fox Sports 1? It was one of those two. I think it was ESPN. Yeah, it was ESPN. And they, they were running like a 2-3 zone, and Michigan picked it apart. Tell you what, though, Syracuse has got a couple players that can pull it from yeah, anywhere. They, they can score, and they can score in a hurry. But what if you can pick apart that 2-3 zone, they are very vulnerable because that's their calling card. And once Michigan figured out that zone, Syracuse was done. Syracuse didn't have a prayer. So for me, Syracuse and West Virginia are not as aren't as good as Florida State, objectively speaking. But they still are two very good teams and teams that you need to beat. Because I think that genuinely speaking, you are better than either one of those two teams. But those are also two teams that if you sleep on, you are not going to win. And it would it would mean a lot for this team going into conference play. You build up a little bit of a little bit of momentum, because let's be honest, you beat Morehead State, yeah, woo nobody cares, you go to 7-2, and two. it's just basically a game to play another jersey, I don't like using the term glorified scrimmage, but it kind of is, it really, really is, Syracuse and West Virginia are the big ones, you win those two games, you're 9-2, and two. you have two good wins against Syracuse, West Virginia, Notre Dame, Kansas State, before you go on for that week break, and then you come back after Christmas, and you're into conference play. And that's the thing that's really going to be interesting for me is when we get back on campus, we're going to be through five conference games. And since I'm going to be gone in North Carolina, that first Breslin breakdown pod is going to be insane. You're going to have to recap. We were, we've were we been going over like one, two games and having to stretch it out a half an hour, and then we're going to have like six. So it, it, things are about to get really interesting here in East Lansing. They are a very good team, but they're on the precipice of being elite. They really are. Things are heating up here. Michigan State and Moorhead State on Sunday, next Sunday, 1 p.m. Don't miss it. Nathan Stearns, thank you for your service. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for having me. And if we don't see you, have a great holiday. Thank break. you. Yeah, Good. I will be gone. I'll be leave, I'm leaving Tuesday night, never to return until, right. <laughs> until early January. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll move on here. We got Michigan State hockey to talk about right here on the Green and White Report. Impact 89 FM WDBM East Lansing. There's the legal FCC. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. Ryan Collins, you? need you on the mic, brother. I need you on the mic because let me tell you. Let me tell you something to the people listening right now. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I love the I energy. I want you. To, I want you to get in here real, real close. Okay. Tell for, them. For tell a, them. Let for, them know. For let a, them know. For a a school that is you know a little bit of struggles here with the athletic programs. We're up and down. We're wishy washy. We're not quite sure. Let me tell you something. Okay. You hear me right now, Julian? I, I'm in. I'm listening close. You Listen, need, everyone. You need to get your Turn rear end up. to Mun Ice Arena now. Team's okay? buzzing. This, this, let me tell you. I'm just telling you right now. This team, man, this team is on fire. Mun is buzzing. The boys are buzzing. They're an absolute wagon right now. Is John Lethem going to win the Hobie? People he better. are asking. He better. People are asking. I mean, I mean, can you? Like, the guy leads the nation in shutouts. He's, Tied for the lead in the nation in shutouts. Him and Drew DeRitt are split net last year. For him to be as dominant as he's been in his senior year, it's, pretty, it, it was, it's almost unheard of how good he's been. 
Yes. John Lethman, by the way, responsible for one of the greatest goaltending performances in Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan high school hockey history against, uh, what team was it? I should know this. Cranbrook. What about 61 62? That's a private school. Yes. Yep. 61, Great line right there, Julian. 61 62 save performance on the way to Farmington High School's uh, state championship run. Whatever year that was, 15, 16, whatever. I got some buddies on that team. No one that cares. Won that. Move on. I'm just saying. Uh, this team's <laughs> unreal, dude. I went to the game last night. They beat Wisconsin 3 0. Three, no one says no in hockey. It's like, I don't know what that 3 nothing on Friday night at Munn in front of a 6,000 fan crowd at Munn. They beat him again on Saturday in overtime. And let me tell you, with this Michigan State team, they're a never-say-die team because they go down 3-1 into the third period, and you're probably thinking, you know what? It's Saturday night. We're tired from the night before. We can get out of here and go to Lujas. It is what it is. We'll regroup against Arizona State next weekend. You know what they say? Hogwash. Balderdash. We're going to go score three goals in the third period, if you don't mind. And sure, Wisconsin will tie it up with 30 seconds left in the third period, and we'll give Ryan Rabinowitz a heart attack sitting in Section E over there on the bleachers. But you know what? We'll just win it in overtime because we can. And they did. I love it. I Dude, love them. If you look at this, like, with the exception being last weekend, because they got swept by Ohio State, those were two hard-fought defensive games. They not were in, great. Right. Not, yeah, but they were both in those games. Tommy Napier is one of the best goalies in the Big Ten over there in Ohio State, even though he, didn't, he only started one game last weekend. But other than that, you look at this team the last month, they're one of the better teams, one of the better track records in college hockey right now. You go on the road, beat Penn State, split there. You take four points at home when it's a number three team in the country, Notre Dame fighting Irish. And then the number 16 team in the country, Wisconsin Badgers, comes to your home ice, you get five points. That's a pretty good weekend. And John left them, looks like the Big Ten player of the year so far. I, I, I agree. I, I, this this team is, I, I just, I love the attitude that they carry. And you never really felt like, and they got off to a good start too. It was a 1 1 game. Obviously, again, 3 1 going into the third period. They got off to a good start. I think they didn't really do, they didn't really do a very good job of possessing the puck very well last night uh, as far as the first uh, few minutes of play there went down. But but look, it's just it's amazing to me that they can find ways to get guys involved that, that that usually aren't. I mean, Kodarenko had two goals last night, the overtime winner as well. Lewandowski had a goal. But when you look at just fundamentally how this team sets up on the ice, everyone contributes. And I and we've been very critical of this team, especially last year, of where are those other guys that can step up? And to me, lines one through four, their fourth line struggles a bit. I know Jake Smith played a little bit last night, hasn't played a ton all year. Wojtek Sokowiak, which you know I only say the name because I love saying his name. I can't say it. It's a flex. Well, I, it is, but I'm just, whatever. We'll <laughs> move on. Uh, another guy that can at least serve you minutes and be a competent role player there. But one through three, Logan Landon's a guy that stepped up on both sides of the ice too. This team plays so well on the end boards. Like they, they, I, I was I was thoroughly impressed with this team last night. I, since, was that the first team you've been to this year? Yes. Okay, I want to ask you this one question. From the few games I've covered at Mon this year, is this decor that good? Because I, I one through four, there, Tommy Miller's took his game to another level this year. Yes. He was a guy who was just a defensive defenseman. Now he's getting some time on power play, too. That, that's something I wouldn't have said that would have happened last year. And Rosberg and Cezanne are both pros. I I truly believe they'll play in NHL at some point. I don't know for how long. That the the first pair of Rosberg and Sasana is 
tremendous from a standpoint of being able to play defensive hockey. They don't they don't get let a lot of guys come to the middle of the edge, which is great when they're taking odd man rushes, which is phenomenal. It happened a couple times last night, and they were able to clog up the middle of the ice. They control the game so well from a quarterbacking standpoint, both of them. They both have offensive ability. Like I, I think Sasana had a couple assists last night, Rosberg as well. Uh, so from, from that aspect, they're great. Butrus Gafari is a guy that stepped up too a lot, and he plays with Tommy Miller on that third He's defensive He's a really pair. good shutdown defenseman. Exa- that's, that is your quintessential guy. He has a couple points on the season, but a quintessential guy that is a shutdown defenseman, very physical defenseman, a guy that didn't get a lot of playing time the last couple years here at Michigan State, but he stepped up in a big way. Tommy Miller, again, people forget he played on the first pair. For his freshman year, with Carson Jett, and it, like, and, and, he it got and it shows of, a lot of minutes, and it shows where where I think this team struggles, and I hate to pick on them. I, I, the Kriegers, both the Kriegers, didn't play very well last night. They played together on that second pair. I believe at some point during the game, I think Cole ended up playing with Tommy Miller at, 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 at a certain point in the game. I don't know if that was a matter of just not getting guys on the ice at the right time and just in between changes, but I I would like to see that pair get split up between the two of them, Cole. Has looked a little bit more polished than Christian on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, there were a couple times too where they were they got beat wide coming in if they were playing one on ones, which you really can't have. And they're long too, yes. so there's really not a huge a huge leeway of excuse for them to be getting beat like that to the corner of the post. But e- either way, I I I do think the defensive core is that's where you anchor your team. I mean, Lethman's great, but I mean he's seen. 40-some shots, thirty high 30s in shots the last couple nights. Yeah, but uh, they're canned corns. They're, ex- exactly, but he's not he's not having to make outstanding saves. He had one great breakaway save on Cole Caulfield last night, which was spectacular. But I, I think the, de- the defensive core from a standpoint of being able to get the puck up ice and jump in the play and keeping the play wide is phenomenal. And they're not afraid to block shots. They're not afraid to go in the corners and get dirty. That's the one thing I love about the Kriegers. Cole, Cole Krieger had a hit last night where I think almost broke a guy in half. Oh, they try and murder people. Which is all, and that's just how they play. They're yeah. gritty. They're not and, and for two guys that are sophomores, they're not afraid to step up and 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 make big hits, take hits. And and they, you know, they both get in trouble with penalties every now and then. A lot of and, dumb penalties. Right. And I know, and you you said that time and time again too. But it's it's a defensive core that is really tough to play against. Yes. And even I watching Condre Miller last night, defenseman for Wisconsin, who's outstanding, about probably six foot eight. He's huge. He's a very good player. Really a non-factor in last night's game. I mean, for a guy that has that kind of size, doesn't play with a lot of physical passion, which he really could. He's a great puck-moving defenseman. I understand that, and he will be a pro. I know he has. I don't know who who his rights are signed to. Maybe Minnesota. Could be wrong. I don't know. But he's an NHLer. But but either way. I, I was just so impressed with the the continuity of this team, the ability to get in the offensive zone. They can set the play out from behind the net, and they 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 find each other. Like it just it's it was just bizarre, and they they play well together. Obviously, your team, but between Kodarenko and Lewandowski, that first line they put Saliba on that first line. Now they've been kind of mixing the first two lines a little bit here and there, but they're playing great hockey. And the fact that you can get two wins like that from a Wisconsin team that was I, I think is really underachieving. I mean, you have Cole Caulfield, you have Condre Miller, as I said. Uh, Jack Barry is going to be a really good goalie for Wisconsin. The year. I think that was his first start of the season. Apparently for Jack Barry, they put him in in the third period of last night's team, and then he got the, the start the next night. Yeah, so I and, and Tony Granato is a great coach over there as well. So, look, the Big Ten just tough, and to get two wins like that over a Wisconsin team that is 
again, underachieving in my opinion. That's something that Michigan State probably wouldn't have done in years past. I will say this about this Michigan State hockey team, because I think you've touched on all bases pretty well. I think Mun could become like a little safe haven. Like it, it, like it's you're right on top of everyone. It's an old barn. It's gonna be a lot nicer next year. Like you said, get to Mun and watch this team play because hockey games are fun. I know they don't. They s- are. And I was I was so impressed with the student section too. Oh, it's great. I mean, the, the, eight, the, the yeah, the monsters. The monsters are fantastic. Yeah, the the pet the pet band. It's just it, I I look. I I understand that hockey's not for everyone. But to be in a in that intimate of an environment where you're again everyone's right next to each other, you're all on top of each other. The place just rocks, man. And like I know it wasn't filled to capacity last night, but there were more people there than I've seen in a very long time, and it was just loud. And it's 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 an exciting game, hockey at yeah. the college level. It's an exciting game. Like it's 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 more exciting than it is to watch baseball. I know the zones. It's all it's its own animal. No one went to the football games this year. So if you're not doing anything next weekend, go watch the team play against Arizona State, another team who last year showed people they're an actually competent hockey team and played really well last year as a group. That's a program that's just going to continue to build and build and build at Arizona State because people want to play there. Who wouldn't want to go play at Arizona State? But it just I'm I was just so impressed. I was. And Danton Cole has really figured out how to motivate this group. They have guys, Tommy Apap, another guy who's I, the, my favorite line to watch is you, you have Landon. I think Landon was playing with Jagger Joshua. It's and, Apap, Stevens, and Estevez. That's yeah. my favorite line. They I, just grind. The other line with Lambden, uh, Jagger, Joshua, and then I don't know if Brody Stevens it plays on whatever line he floats between those two. But but again, second and third line, it's they just contribute. And, and maybe they're not they don't put the puck in the net as much as that first line. They're not supposed to. But Sam Saliba had a nice goal last night. He's picked it up offensively this Seriously. year. Seriously. And again, a, a perfect point. A guy that really wasn't a terrible offensive threat the last couple of years, but he he's picked it up. They just they just play hard, man. I don't know what else to say about them. They just you're gonna. This is a team that you know you're gonna have two games, two uh, another very sweepable series against Arizona State. You're in my opinion, you're the best team going into the GLI, one hundred percent. Yes, but and the thing about Michigan State, they haven't won a GLI, I believe, since two thousand eight. Two nine, yeah, oh nine, oh nine, or but something. You're like gonna, that. you're gonna play Michigan Tech in the GLI, and then you're gonna see either Michigan or Ferris State. Michigan stinks this year. Not I, you, good. You've already beat them twice, so it's hard to beat a team three times. You're gonna see them again later in the year back at Mon. But t- t- this will t- be an interesting GLI because this will be the first time I think in a while. I don't know about Michigan's roster, but. I think you'll see full strength teams because I don't think there's a lot of guys on the Michigan team that will be on the U18 right. juniors team. So you're actually going to see a full strength Michigan team at LCA on New Year's Eve. Exactly. But I'm, I'm looking ahead at this schedule and I don't want to jump too far ahead. Penn State is still really good. Minnesota. Little tricky year so far. About, Not good. About 500 bit below. They're obviously still a great program, but I'm just looking at the rest of the schedule. Your toughest opponents are Ohio State, Notre Dame that you see at the end of the season. Uh, you're, you're you have the Notre Dame series on the road to end the year. You get Ohio State for two games at home. But I, I, dude, I'm just I'm just letting you know right now. Again, if you if you can get to Mon, it's Julian. Get to Mon. Yeah, we there. Hey, Julian's here. Uh, yeah. We there. I had something to say, but you guys were rolling, so I let you. I let no, you keep rolling. Bring it. Bring well, it. Well, no, for for my one point, it was, and I think you both came into the season saying this, but they had to fill something with Taro Hirose. 
he was gone. It needed to be filled, and I think that's what you're seeing. You're getting contributions from everybody on this team, and that's what's filling the hole. I don't think you expected everyone to be as good as they are, but someone needed to fill the hole that was left by Orosi, and every single player on this team is doing that. And for one, I got to talk to Jared Rosberg a little while ago, wrote a story on him, but I think when you talk about that decor, you're getting not only guys who are tough and gritty, but guys who play with a very, very high hockey IQ. Yes, and when exactly. I tell you, that's one of the smartest guys on the ice I've talked to. Rosberg is that guy, and as you say, he can play defensively and has some offensive talent as well. Very talented and smart guys you got out there on the ice. I, I think this year is really important, too, for them to get home ice in the Big Ten and maybe make a push for maybe getting in that large bid in the NCAA tournament. Because you got the like arena renovation, you got more money coming into MSU hockey. I think Dan Cole's made that a big deal that we got to get our facilities on yep. grade with the rest of the Big Ten, and you start seeing results. That to be huge for recruiting. So I, I I think this is a crucial point in this program because I I don't know if they've turned a corner just yet. Not enough of a sample size, but if they could get home ice in the Big Ten tournament, that's a huge achievement. In this team, and I think year four for Dan Cole. Yeah, you're, yeah, I, I agree. And and look, I, I look at their their past games. The only two series that they haven't won or tied a game in was the Cornell and the Ohio State series. So they're they're competing. And I I I, I being being in the environment last night to me really proved to me that it's, it's not it's not a fluke. Like John Lethman's playing some of his best hockey that he's ever played, and I'm glad that the net is his now. And there's really no reason for Drew DeRitter to come in and play unless Lethman's tired or banged up. But it's 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 fun to watch. And and I again a big a Big Ten conference that's strong top to bottom, even when the strong teams aren't as strong as they are in the years past, like Michigan and Minnesota. So We'll see. They play Arizona State next weekend, Saturday at 7 p.m. from Mun, and then on Sunday at 5 p.m. Go to the games. I'm telling you, it's a fun environment. This this school is so much better when the hockey team is good, and they are certainly proving a lot of doubters wrong. Uh, if, if there's still any out there, uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be fun to watch the rest of this year. But we will go to a quick break here. Uh, we do have to do the Sparty Awards. I know we are a little bit behind schedule. We're trying our best. our holiday extravaganza. We're taking it's an our extravaganza. Exactly. We're about to go on vacation here. Anyway, if you want to join the show, 517-432-3893 is the number. 517-884-8989 to text us or tweet us at WDBM Sports. Hashtag GW Report. We'll be right back, folks. You are listening to the Green and White Report. Impact 89FM. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Recording. <clears throat> Check one, two. Introducing The Undercurrent. Undercurrent. The Undercurrent. A 30-minute radio show produced by students at Michigan State University. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. and podcasted on iTunes. At WDBM. 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 East Lansing. Lansing. East Lansing. Oh, yeah. 
Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Mistletoe. Whoa, that was, that was a lot. I had to come in on you that came one. came in hot. That was fire. Julian coming in hot. Back with you here on the Green and White Report. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julian Mitchell, Ryan Collins behind the glass. DJing today. DJ Ryan Collins. You guys ever seen uh, the movie Fred Claus? Yes. yes. I, I love... you seen Fred Claus, Collins? Yes. I, I love when there's DJ Donnie, who's played by Ludacris, and all he plays is Santa Claus is coming to town. And then Vince Vaughn, he's like, Donnie, you got to play something else. It's great. Yeah, I just, you, you wouldn't know unless you saw it. But Dude, have you guys ever seen Parts and Rock? Yes. When it, when John Ralphio was giving him the like, advice how to do a best man speech, and he's like, and then Vince Vaughn quote, he says, <laughs> yeah. wedding crashers or swingers? No, Fred Claus. Fred Claus. <laughs> One of the best lines in TV history. Uh, we have some Sparty Awards here for you today. Before we get into the uh, the intro and the montage, do we have that available today, the beautifulness that is the... I, I, I'm getting it queued up right now. Before okay. we get into this, I do want to say, because it is coming out right now, the college football playoff poll is the, the selection show is live, and Ohio State, as of right now, is number two. Clemson is three. Oklahoma is four. And then this is all assuming LSU is number one. Ooh, well, obviously and they LSU are number, number one. one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. The plot thickens. Okay. So, so Oklahoma is four? Oklahoma is four. Okay, so you will see LSU, and we're not sure who yeah, in the yeah, final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so. You, you ready? You, yeah, let's do it. Oh. Oh, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the Green and White Report is proud to present this week's edition of the Sparty Awards, brought to you by Impact Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thank you, voice of Nathan Stearns. It's a pleasure to be here. It is an honor to be here, to do this with you every every Sunday. Uh, Sparty Awards today, if you want to join in, 517-432-3893 is the number. 517-884-8989 to text us or tweet us at WDBM Sports. Hashtag GW Report. Okay, Sparty Awards today in the Christmas spirit. Worst Christmas moves. Christmas moves on your part, Julian. I yes. couldn't think of any bad Christmas moves. You're struggling hard. Even, even though I was the one that brought up the topic. Believe it or not, that's just how I roll. So my Sparty Awards edition will be Christmas things that fire me up, that get me just gassed up <laughs> for the Christmas up. season. I'll let you do the honors. Okay. Uh, do you just want me to go through all of mine, or do you want to go? Gonna... Let's go shot for shot here. Shot for shot. Okay. My one of my worst Christmas moves, and Collins and I agree on this one. Hallmark Christmas movies. Can't. Yeah, I agree. Can't do. They're it. they're awful. They're horrible. I there's no need for me to watch Jennifer. She falls down, faints, hits her head, loses, has amnesia, and forgets who she's married to, and then has to refigure that out. I I'm sorry. It, it, it does. They're horrible. That They're not my, good. That is my favorite drop of in the history of life. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Hallmark Christmas movies are horrible. And as Colin said, that's an hour and a half of your life that you're never going to get back. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mrs. Trubo, my neighbor, <laughs> and my mom, Amory Collins. Absolutely love Hallmark Christmas movies. But the plot every single time is, girl comes back to her hometown, falls in love with a woodworker, in the town, <laughs> stays there, and then somehow like saves the town's like old man who owns the woodworking family, yeah. and then gets married to her like old flame. It's it, it's I could write a Hallmark movie. It's a classic love story. No, but that's an hour and a half. You're never getting back. Never getting back. They're but all I, yeah. They're all the same too. All the same. Like I know how, how this ends. How do, we, the th- how do they make money? Do they have <laughs> like an audience? 
<laughs> like, like no. I mean, Heather to my clearly, mom your and mom's Mrs. Trubal. And your neighbor yeah, out here just yeah, watching yeah. them all. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know. That's a good one, though. They're, they're just, they're, there's just so many good Christmas movies to watch. You could watch anything else. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good one. Uh, my no, you gotta watch Janet Tramer come home for like the eighth time on the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. Love it. Uh, my first thing that fires me up about Christmas might be controversial. I love them all. I'm all about them all. On I love Christmas. them all as well. I love it. I'm, I'm I, high. I it's have, a battle. I, I have, love that battle too. I have no problem. You wanna? You want? Okay. You look at me in the eyes and go, Ryan. I need you to go to the mall on Christmas Eve at about noon and go shopping for all your Christmas gifts. Bring it. Fire me up. I love do it. Do you do that? I, a lot of the times, yes. Christmas Eve? Pretty much, dude. That That's is dangerous. This, that this, is this year, psychopathic this year, behavior. This year, I'm a bit ahead of the curve. I have most of my shopping done, but I, I it's a battle. I, I, I live for it. Everyone's in there for the same thing. You got guys moving around. You got you got your, your you got your dads on the on the phone calling their wife, calling their daughters. I don't know what to get your mom. They can't find anything. I'm a, I'm a lost cause in the mall too. Like I I I get stressed out. I'm not a good shopper. I'm very indecisive, but I, I love it. That's that to me screams Christmas spirit. Like waiting in a waiting in a parking lot at the mall for a half hour to go home. I love it. Like that's that to me is almost more Christmas than like a Christmas tree. Like I'd rather just go to the mall every day. I love it. I agree. It I love it too. Me up. I love Bring the it. whole the decoration of everything. Exactly. And I love the split second every single time I walk into a mall and see Santa Claus. And I think to myself for two seconds, just for two seconds, I should go down there and tell him what I want for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And then I realize I'm a 21-year-old adult and I probably should not be doing that. But right. for that split second, Dude, going to sit on Santa's lap was awesome. It yeah. was so good. So awesome. So good. Yeah. You get the picture. You look great. I'm you're, like, yup, I love yeah. this. You're practicing the speech like, okay, Santa, here's the deal. I need you to lock in with me for a second. I need a bike and I definitely need a Razor scooter. This year, now. This year. And he goes, okay, I got you. But I love them all. Fire me up. So good. I love it. I love it. Okay, my next one, and this comes kind of directly no, at you. Fair. But waiting until Christmas Eve to get gifts. Horrible move, dude. That's That's a bad move. It's, it's terrible. Because you never get what you want. You never right. get what the person wants. There's so many people there. Everything. There's no There's no sales on anything. Nothing. It's a mess. I agree. It's 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 stressful. Cause it's it's a whole it's a whole day. Christmas Eve is like the Sabbath to the Sabbath that is Christmas. Yeah, like it's like a rest and relaxation day. You soak in the Christmas spirit one more time because Christmas itself is fleeting. Like you know, you open your presents, whatever. You have the dinner, and then after that, it's just nothing. You know, you, you can't you can't celebrate Christmas post Christmas. Exactly. But Christmas Eve, Christmas you lock Eve. in, but you don't want to be spending that day doing being crazy and shopping and stressed out. I hear you on that. No, but like, do you guys? Have like I have a family get together on Christmas Eve, so I got to get everything done by like the twenty third. Yeah, it, it, is the Christmas Eve like a thing where you're like not doing anything? You're getting locked in for the nuts day. Christmas Eve is a big thing for us because so on Christmas Day we go to my dad's mom's house, and yeah. then on Christmas Eve we go to my mom's. That's like the same with us. Yeah, yeah. we just we have the one day because I got a half Jewish family, so half the family doesn't even participate. Oh wow, yeah. So How, it's just do you get like. So do you get like best of both worlds? Do you get Hanukkah? We and used Christmas? to. We used to. And for the most mm. part, I like we my brother and I used to do Hanukkah. It's like we get like our like our underwear and our deodorant through like the eight days. It was like mm, day seven, it. you're like, oh, look at that. A, a, a tide stick. A tide. <laughs> awesome. Practical items. We do them. We used to do the menorah, but it was mostly for my dad. Like my dad would get his cool crap on like the first eight days of the eight days of Hanukkah and we throw him some like chocolate covered cherries on Christmas because he loved those but then my dad was eventually was like you, know, you guys know I don't care right like I that doesn't <laughs> ma- like, you don't have to like like 
like patronize me here with doing the Hanukkah thing. But like my cousins, they do the Hanukkah. I kind of I kind of screwed the pooch with the family. Like we kind of my brother and I let the flame die out on Hanukkah. No pun intended. But so we're a primarily <laughs> Christmas family. Time definitely pun intended. Either way, neither here bad. nor there. Uh, my next thing, fire me up that I love about Christmas. Looking at Christmas lights, I could drive around for hours. Looking at lights I, through neighborhoods, pulling up too. in front of houses. Me too. Really? Oh, dude, it's awesome. Oh, Fire it's overrated. Uh, overrated. I don't. Uh, I don't understand it. I'm sorry. Maybe I am literally Scrooge, but I don't. I've never, especially the ones where you pay money. Okay, yeah, but that's like, per, yeah, but like the, the whole, zoo like, lights, Detroit Zoo. Love it. That's, that's great. That's so a loser move. That's oh, really a loser. Hang move. on. There's <laughs> no guy who doesn't have a girlfriend or right? any of that like going on, but like. Really, you're gonna pay thirty dollars to look at lights? I don't know if I'm it's thirty dollars. That that's a stretch. It might be like five or ten. I don't know about thirty dollars. No, but at the same time, I would rather just be like, no, I'm gonna drive around my sub. Who's got the best like lights? And then I see icicle lights, and I'm like, that guy tried. Yeah, Nick, exactly. Just like when they're hanging that was, down, yeah, that was hard to hang up. Yeah, like you good know, for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now that will be okay if you're free time. You're like, mm, let's let's drive around. But the the whole idea of unless it's you know you have little cousins and you're going with the family and you want them to have a good time. But if you're just like mm, tonight, let me drop ten bucks and look at a bunch of other people's houses with lights on the LED lights. None of that is is, yeah, is entertaining. I mean, like the I think the Heinz Park Drive thing's kind of gimmicky. It's not that cool. Whatever or hate whatever drive it is, gimmicky. But the zoo lights are cool. I, I'll, there's because there's oh, more. I have not seen the Detroit There's zoo more. Lights, there's so. more things to do there than just look. There's like they have like a Polar Express like interactive. Polar Express stench. So okay, I don't we'll care. talk about that. We'll talk about that. I hate that movie we'll, so much. All right, I'll I'll we'll. we'll Move Sorry. on from this one because I get with Polar Express is next for me. Go ahead. All Go right, ahead. my next one: inappropriate Christmas sweaters, and this yeah, is very fair. much a college thing. That's fair. But the amount of people that have quote unquote ugly Christmas sweater parties and then show up wearing a sweater that says "Mary Vapemus" is beyond me. That's like, insane. Or it's like no laws with claws. Exactly. Like, sit, sit ugly sweater, bro. It's this not is, a Christmas. It's not sweater. a Christmas sweater. It's. Ugly, not because it looks ugly, but yeah. because you're an idiot for wearing this. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand it. And I don't it makes get no the sense. whole ugly Christmas sweater like theme. Why do you want to look bad? I want to look good. Well, I, I think the Christmas sweater. It's like if everyone does it, it's a, it's a cool thing. But I don't mind the team themed. Like, I, like if you have like a Michigan State ugly sweater, that's fine. But I agree to, to like to, to go buy like a fifty dollar yeah sweater that's, that has some like gimmicky joke on it. It's just dumb. Like. It's not. It's Christmas. Don't make it all about you. Like it's Mary. Yeah, Mary Vape Miss. Cool, dude. That does not making me laugh. You're like an idiot. You an loser. Idiot. What you, an idiot. You degenerate. Idiot. It's stupid. <laughs> I I I agree. Like just have some class. Exactly. It's Christmas. Like what? You dummy. You big. No. You, you you pigeon. Sniff bots. Yeah. yeah. Kick rocks, kid. Good yeah. one. Uh. Okay. Actually, we'll put that at the end. <laughs> I'll put that at the end. I'll move on my list because we'll have a discussion about the Polar Express. Uh, things that fire me up about this Christmas. Wild. Peppermint mocha. I would never peg you for a peppermint mocha. Guys. I will Love say it. this. I've ha- I had it last week. Pretty good. Pretty good. Is it? I've never had it. The peppermint I've mocha. I've been to Starbucks once in the last two years, and I got a peppermint, mo- peppermint mocha because of Rabinowitz. The peppermint mocha is like the varsity squad to a peppermint hot chocolate. Like like the JV level is like, okay, like I'm a kid. We'll do the hot chocolate. We'll spice it up a bit. We'll do the peppermint hot chocolate. And now as an adult, it's the peppermint mocha. Probably a lot of calories. Don't care. Something about peppermint screams Christmas to everyone. I will say this. 
Do you guys like candy canes? Because it, it, it's p- tough to eat a whole candy cane. I don't. It's get really the yeah physics of it. <laughs> the like, baby what, ones who, are fine. Who thought it was a good idea to wrap it around, like make it impossible to eat, and then your hands are sticky? It's a complete mess. Yeah, as a kid, you used to. I used to hold them. You used to do the hook grip. Yep. Around the swoop, and you just suck on the like the the vertical part of it, and that's dripping all over your hand. Yeah, you just look like an idiot. Yeah, you're like you're, I'm sticky now. It looks like you can stab someone with it. It's so sharp. But I I like mint. I like mint chocolate chip ice cream. I like peppermint ice cream. I like York peppermint patties. Things of Ew. the sort. Ew. Yeah, York peppermint but, patties are but, gross. But it's I will, I will say now having refined my palate. It is tough to eat a lot of mint in one sitting. So to get down a whole candy cane is a tough ask. It really is. I'm, I, it's crazy. I don't know who thought there were like it's like candy corn and like candy canes. Like who thought like the five were, main food groups? No, the like they, groups. like candy corn is like that's the theme of Halloween. Candy canes are the theme of like right Christmas. Christmas. Like why? Don't why hate it, they? but I but the peppermint mocha. Someone tell me, me why. I, I'm just tell asking. Me why? Do you know, know why? Peppermint. The taste of Christmas. I need a peppermint mocha, though. Mm-hmm. I gotta try this. Mm-hmm. I gotta try this. Mm-hmm. Peppermint mocha. Mm-hmm. Sound like the old McDonald's commercials. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, my next one: putting small bad gifts in big boxes. <laughs> like this it's just so makes me funny, angry. It's so funny. I remember one time I was at a birthday party unrelated to Christmas, and someone wrapped up their gift in an American Girl doll box, and we're all sitting there, we're like twelve, we're like. Oh, dude, he got you an American Girl doll. Then he opened it. It was like golf balls. We're like, oh, first time I seen it done. I loved it. Do you know how horrible that is? Like, if you give me that, I think I have grounds to fight you. Like, if my uncle, like, my uncle's done this. It, like, I've been given, like, like a puzzles. huge box. And oh. Just a big box. And it's a, it's a dang puzzle in there. Uh, puzzles puzzles are, are, are grounds for saying, like, what the hell is this? Like, like I, I think I have the grounds to fight you. Now. I'm a, I'm you a big to... believer in, like, if you get a gift, even if you, like, if you already own something similar, you're not going to use it. Say thank you so much. If you get a puzzle, it's like, that's grounds to go, like, are you kidding me, dude? I, I will, like, this is maybe my favorite story from, like, my sister and my Aunt Mary Joe. My Aunt Mary Joe. Great gift giver, she spoils us. She gets me a Game Boy like color, like Game Boy Advance, excuse ooh, me, ooh, okay. for Christmas. Like I was like riding high, and my I guess my sister was being like mean to her the whole year. She got her coal. Really? So I got a Game Boy color, and my sister <laughs> she got, got coal. Her coal. Good. Put her so in she place. opened up, got coal. Also, a thing that my mom does puts way too much sparkle on the wrapping. Yeah, we got sparkles everywhere. everywhere. It's unbelievable. Glitter. Yeah, terrible. Saving the bags. Yep, all that jazz. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really been a victim of the small bad gift in a big box. There's, there is nothing that makes me angry. That, that's, that's a bad so, feeling when you open so the box and you're though. like, wait, what is this? That's and it, they're just reusing the same box. Exactly. You get so excited because you're like, wow, I th- this big present for me. And hilarious. the next thing you know, it, it's just it's a puzzle. It, like I will never use this in my entire. I life. hate. I don't think I've ever done a puzzle in my life. Oh, puzzles stink. I'd rather take a nap. Eh, yeah, probably. Then do a puzzle. I, That's a good I one. Agree. I'm sorry that you've had I to go agree. through this. But I, I kind of like puzzle people. Like, people who are puzzle guys, I like them. Gritty. Yeah, I like people who like the, yeah. Because I, I they're like relaxing guys. They're probably like, they got like Law & Order SVU on while they're just like finishing their Grinding like lying the puzzle. puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my next one is Snow. Okay, that's so Fire crazy. me up. Snow. <laughs> so well, you've seen Christmases without snow, and it's just not the same. Because snow's great. You can go. I've skied one time in my life. 
terribly afraid of the chairlift. That's the Why? only reason, dude. It's I don't try. I don't like being up there. That so do you, are you afraid of heights? Absolutely. Okay. Hate roller coasters. Waste of time. There's no reason for humans to be that high off the ground and come back to the ground that fast. No reason. Not interested. But I like snow because it looks cool in the air. It's pretty, a little romantic. You're walking through the snow. You got a little snow on your eyelashes. You're looking deep into someone's eyes. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like you had some romantic <laughs> You've been Christmases. watching some Hallmark movies. I have. Yeah, yeah I have. Jesus. Uh, but no, I like, I like the snow. You can make snowballs, snowmen, hot chocolate and snow yeah, go great together. Out, like, after you're like 10, snow on Christmas is not a necessity. Pond hockey? Okay, I disagree. You think so? I disagree. I hate... What do you mean after you're 10? You need yeah, snow. Because now you got to shovel the walk. You gotta you gotta shovel the walk for your aunt and uncle when they come at like two o'clock for Christmas dinner, and then you got you gotta go out and drive and get ice, and it's the roads are terrible. I it's not practical. See, but I it, it that just feels like Christmas. Exactly. To me. I love going ten miles per hour down the street. Like everyone's grinding right now. Everyone's fighting. Like it's I annoying, guess. but I wouldn't I have guess. it because especially being in St. Louis, like sometimes it'll be December's where there's no snow or yeah. there's just a little bit of snow, and being here in Michigan having snow like. A lot of it, and just being able to walk outside of the, you know, walk outside of Acres, do the walk, and it's just like, wow, this is winter time. This is Christmas. And then there's this slush all over the roads. It's just disgusting. Love it. Your I boots guess. are a mess. Your pants yeah. are a mess. There's nothing better. But I like snow. There is, but okay. I want to throw my honorable mention before we go back to Julie and then back to me for our debate. My honorable mention is cuddles. I think we're having very different Christmases. I love cuddles in the winter. What are you talking time. about? Like someone cuddling you? Just cuddles in general. The what whole it, at the whole atmosphere of cuddles. You make some cookies. You got some hot chocolate. You're watching a Christmas movie, and you're just cuddling on the couch with who? Anyone? Sure Your mom? Okay. I love hanging I, I, with I my mom. I don't know. I no. First That's of all, that's not weird. No, cuddles. it's not. It's not weird. It's, it's not weird. But at the same time, I think you should phrase this like being in a blanket, comparing to cuddles. Like now, be, can like, I ask this? Are you a cuddles or a snuggles guy? Because there's a difference. Snuggles. Snuggles? Yeah. I like, a, I like a snuggle. Okay. We'll snuggles, snuggles is a better word. Yeah. I like it. Snuggles so, is better. Yeah. Pajamas. Cuddle. The vibe. Fireplace. Sweatpants season. Kenny is G upon Christmas us. album. It is really upon us. Yeah. Sweatpants. I wear sweatpants every day. Like, I, oh, gosh. Full but we're force. talking like I'm getting in the mood. To, I'm breaking out the nasty boot cut. It's just warmth, the yep. sweatpants now. And they're soaking wet when you come in from outside. Like they just drag on the ground because they're so long. And the, yes. the cough is, yeah, but cuddles or snuggles. Honorable mention. So we'll go back to you, then we'll debate. Okay. And so we've been going on a theme of romantic Christmases. We're just going to end this one out because I know a lot of people who've had to deal with this. Holiday breakups. Got to time it better. Got to time. Be, be better. smarter. I've, I, now, I know some people who've been broken up with is, on Christmas. This is the problem with holiday Coming breakups. Coming from a guy who's never been in a relationship, I don't understand this one very <laughs> here's, much. Here's the thing. You have to be smart about your timeline here because if you survive the holiday season with your significant other, then you have New Year's, and you got to have the New Year's kiss so you lock that down. Then, if you break up with your significant other in January, that's like weirdly close to Valentine's Day. So you're kind of an a hole if you do that move. So you got to be smart about this. You can't. Yeah. It, there's a there's a certain threshold. Like, do you suck it up and go to the Thanksgiving dinner at their house and then break up with them? Because then you like get the Thanksgiving out of the way, and they have Love a couple Guru weeks to re- Ryan Rabinowitz. <laughs> well, they, they have a couple weeks to recover from the breakup before Christmas. But then again, Thanksgiving time is like the cutoff. 
You have to get it done before Thanksgiving because you can let them go home to their family. They can regroup mentally. They see all their family. They, they can they can eat some nice food, the comfort food. They're feeling fine. They can binge eat because everyone's getting a little softer for the winter. But I think after Thanksgiving, you're in it until at least after Valentine's Day. You have you are strapped in. So you make that decision mentally of what you want to. You have to commit. You're right. That after Thanksgiving, you get to Christmas, you are on this roller coaster. You are strapped in. There is no getting off. Yeah. The best. The the best time to do the breakup is like around summertime. Like probably try to avoid going into finals week because it messes everyone up. Then everyone's you're not oh, thinking about not good. you're not eating, you're not sleeping as it is, you're messing people up. So the summer is a decent time to do it around, I would say, because you want to have someone for the okay, fall. Okay, I, I'm just gonna cut you off. This is not a relationship <laughs> session. It's just Christmas. Oh yeah. You're Christmas. talking about breaking up with people in the summer at this point. Yeah, holiday breakups don't do that. Don't don't Bad do move. it. Don't do it. This is a big time though. This is a key. Is is the love you feel around Christmas time is real. Yeah. It's, so you got you got to dip into these breakups, dip into some snuggling, some cuddling. Better to have loved once than never loved at all. Exactly. It sounds like you've been in like 15 relationships with all this advice. No, nah, I just watch a lot watch a lot of YouTube videos. Less <laughs> read a lot of self-help books. <laughs> Watch a lot of rom-coms. Big yeah. rom-com oh, guy. Dude, that's a Christmas thing, too. Yeah. Rom-com city. Yeah. You ever seen the movie Four Christmases? Fantastic. Fantastic. Funniest movie of all time. Not great, all time, great. but it's Welcome great to the movie. Octagon, son. I quote the movie all the time. That's John a great Favreau, Speaking of which, Love great Actually, character. overrated. Very overrated. Very overrated. What? Not very good. Love Actually. It's overrated. I don't know if I've seen it. You've definitely seen it. So I don't he- know. It's a huge grand. It's like walking yeah. in a whole village. It's like following them. It's a little cheesy. It's a like, little cheesy. It's yeah. the one, uh, the the cue cards. SNL did a skit about it. Guy shows know. up to the door, has the cue cards. I don't know, man. Either way, we'll move into my last one here, and we will embrace debate before we do the picks. To me, the quintessential pinnacle of getting fired up for Christmas. Let me set the scene for you. It's a late Thursday night. Lights are down, Christmas tree on, decorations are in full-fledged. It smells like Christmas in the house via candle. You got some fresh-made cookies, the popcorn, some some hot chocolate. You're sitting there on the couch, pajamas, slippers, blankets. Maybe your mom's there, significant other, whoever it may be. Polar Express is on, and you're locked in, and that, to me, is the meaning of Christmas. Polar Express is the best Christmas movie. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You guys disagree, and I hate you both for it. Okay, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I got a text from my sister, and she just had a dog. So I was just like, whoa. All she right. Had a dog. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron Collins for getting the wow. dog. But uh, yeah, Polar Express stinks out loud. I hate the animation. I just, it, it creeps me out. I don't like the whole, my buddy, my buddy's like, if you don't like the scene where they're all dancing to the hot cocoa and stuff, you're like crazy. I'm like, I hate that scene. I hate everything about the Polar Express. It creeps me out. It's scary. Does it not capture the essence of Christmas, though? No. There are so many. So I am more in the middle ground. I like the Polar Express. Express, It's just overrated. Oh, so overrated. Everyone's like, like you said, it's the quintessential. I could give you a bunch more movies that are more quintessential. What what other movies are more quintessential? Okay, we'll start small. Home Alone. Goat. Yeah, but that's Home not even like a Christmas movie. It just, wow, it, just, it, takes, movie. it just takes place around Christmas time. Okay, hold on. That's the starter. Home Alone, A Year Home- Without a Santa Claus. Never seen it. Oh, oh, my goodness. Do you have grounds to vote on this now? Yeah, I absolutely do. Oh, what is that goodness. movie? I've never even heard of that it's movie. It's a claymation movie. Uh, you may have seen it with oh. Fred Miser. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Didn't yeah. know the name of that. Dang Sorry. classic. A Year Without a Santa Claus. 
It's a Wonderful Life. I that is the quintessential Christmas movie. Never seen it. You've never seen this. Is, that, wonderful the, is life? that the one where it's like every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings? Yeah. Yes. Never seen it. So this, I know that scene. George, George, George that, Bailey. Yeah, that 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 movie. Kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. I am. That movie slaps. I will say this about Christmas. I need it to be like light colors and like vibrant. Polar Express has like a dark, gritty like. It's nighttime. Vi- I don't like at that. the North Pole. The North Pole is electric. This time I don't like I I don't like it. I don't like the kids in the movie. I think they're annoying. <laughs> the one kid, the know-it-all kids a mess. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't even let the girl in it sucks. The main character sucks. They all suck. The I don't like the, 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 the little, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the little boy, Billy or whatever, to me, I get every time I watch the movie, I grow more and more frustrated. I hate Billy. Oh, he stinks. Like, can you just he's cooperate? Horrible, he's horrible, yeah. I get I get that you don't always have great Christmases, but can you at least cooperate? Because like, dude, by you're you, going to the North yeah, Pole. Yeah, by you sitting in the back of the bus, and now everyone else has to change their itinerary to cater to you because you're pouting in the back of the train. Like, get over yourself, dude. You're not that good of a singer. No one cares. You got a stupid pajama set that you wear, and you, 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 you almost caused the train to be late. You're stressing the conductor out. I, I hate Billy. I love the movie. I hate Billy. Yeah, Billy sucks. Dude, I almost want Billy The one thing I never get about that movie is the scene. Wow. Is the scene with all the puppets and the toys in the back. That scene makes no sense to me and it's absolutely terrifying. It's about believing in Christmas. I will say this. I will say this. It's fine to like the Polar Express like as your favorite Christmas movie until you get like once you get to sit scene, it's like, okay, let's put on the big boy pants and like Stop talking about this Polar Express movie. I get Tom Hanks' like voices in it. I don't care. I hate it. I hate everything about that movie. That's bad. Christmas- it's like saying Starbucks is your favorite coffee place. Like, come on, expand your palate. That's no, fair. There I, are better I, things out I there. I think Polar Express is a divisive topic. It's not like... I think people like are in my camp and people are in Ryan's camp. And Ryan Cole just tweeted at us, Polar Express is my favorite... Christmas movie. Yeah, and, and and absolutely. And Ryan Cole is a high character guy. He's a good man. And for you to refute anything <laughs> yeah. he has to say is criminal. Former director of the sports department here at Impact. Shout out Ryan Cole. But Love him. Merry Christmas, it, it, but Ryan Cole. At the same time, Polar Express stints, Ryan. Whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever. Sorry. Christmas Vacation, though, is my favorite movie to like watch. Like I watched, I watched Christmas Vacation 30 times over the course of the Christmas season. This might be like a very like obscure thing, but my family, we watch because my dad exclusively watches HBO. So he's just like, whatever like, movie's Loyal. on. Brand loyalty. No, whatever something's on, he's just like flipping through the channel so he can watch half a movie. And like, I think 10 or like 12 years ago, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, Anna Ferris. That is my favorite Christmas movie. That one movie's my, good. One of my favorite things of all time. Anna Ferris stinks. Get out, Anna Ferris. Terrible. Wow. She is un- terrible. Watch Just Friends. It's on B-list. Netflix. Watch B-list. Just, you should the watch B-list Just Celebrity. Friends. You're a big fan, Julian. I am a big fan. That's the Collins' favorite Christmas movie. That's a good movie. It's hilarious. Ryan Reynolds is fantastic in that movie. Oh my, he's so good. So is Chris Klein. I think is that. Is yeah, that his I name? think that's who it is. Yeah, Whatever. unreal. Well, Dusty Dentleman. Is there anything other? <laughs> like what? What's that one? Oh my God, great movie. Wow. Whatever, Collins. I, I'm done. That's it for the Sparty Awards. That's a good time. That's all I got. That's a good time. And I don't know who. If we're here next Sunday, we have to think of something else to do, <laughs> Christmas related. Maybe like Christmas cookies, like the Ginger Snap, eh. underrated but overrated Christmas cookie. Think about that one for a second. We're gonna go to a quick break before we do the picks. Is that <laughs> oh, wait, are we doing a break? Do you want to? We don't have to. No, we, can't. we don't have time for a break. No breaks. Guy. Ryan Collins comes in over the top with the with the left hook. No breaks. No breaks. No breaks. We'll we keep it picks. rolling. 
I mean, you have to when we spend an hour on everything else. Oh, so, okay. Sorry, All Collins. Right. All right. Okay. Sorry, bud. Whatever. We'll do the picks. We're doing the picks now because Collins says so. Our rapid man. fire picks today. Rapid, rapid fire. fire. Let's Collins, do it. I'm let ready. Us have it. Okay. First game of the day: the Washington Redskins travel up to Green Bay and are getting 13 and a half points. Oh, am I going to start? Okay. Go ahead. Washington sucks. This is easy. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, one of the best teams in football, will get a win over Washington. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The Redskins actually have been playing some decent football as of late. But they will not cover the spread. <laughs> Give me the Packers. Next game. Best game of the 1 o'clock slate here. New Orleans hosts San Francisco. Saints lane minus 1.5. This is a tough one. Uh, I feel like the Saints have needed that signature win all season. It's Saints 49ers. Saints have needed a signature win. Give me the Saints in this one. They pick up a signature win over the 49ers. Drew Brees killed me in fantasy football last week. The playoffs start today. I need him big time. Give me the Saints. Okay, okay. Move on to Houston. They're laying eight points as the Denver Broncos come in to NRG Stadium. Texans get it done. I like Deshaun Watson, their squad. They get it done in this one. Denver has weirdly figured things out now with Drew Locke under center in his one game. I like the way he looks. I love the energy. I love the jerseys. Give me the Broncos to cover. Texans to win. I like it. Like it, like it, like it. Tampa Bay Bucks laying three points in the pirate ship as the Indianapolis Colts come to Tampa. Give me the Colts in this one. I'm feeling the Colts. Give me Indianapolis. I say it every week. Jameis Winston stinks. Bruce Arians wears stupid hats. Give me the Colts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't like Bruce Arians' candle? No. Oh. I'm a big candle guy. Didn't I even love- know what that was fire. called. Fire. You don't like candles? You don't like Samuel Jackson wearing a candle? So they are absolutely fire. It works fire. on they Samuel Jackson. The toilet bowl here, as I would like to say it, as Nathan Stern sits us alongside me, as Atlanta Falcons are laying three and a half points as a newly fired Ron Rivera has to sit on the couch and watch the Carolina Panthers play the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is a tough game, but Christian McCaffrey makes Mercedes-Benz Stadium his new home, runs all over the Falcons. The Panthers coming off of an embarrassing loss to the Redskins. I mean, absolutely traumatic, embarrassing. I feel for anyone that's a Panthers fan. But, Nathan Stern, before you get up and lambaste me on the mic, I like the Panthers here to win. I don't. Oh. <laughs> any, any any hope that I had was extinguished last week when you lose to Washington and Dwayne Haskins, who looks like a fraud. I mean, I'm going to miss Ron. I was living in North Carolina when he got hired. Like, I'm not used to this happening in my lifetime that I can remember. I remember John Fox and I remember Ron Rivera. And now I hope Mike McCarthy comes to Carolina. That is my guy. Mike McCarthy or bust, if we get Lincoln Riley, I'm going to cry myself a river. And if we hire Jason Garrett, oh. so help me God, <laughs> I will become a Lions fan. All right. We'd love to have you. I got the Panthers. I love Strong that energy. I love that there. energy. Strong Strong words. Words. I hope Strong Jason Garrett is the coach now. That would be hilarious. Another good game in the noon slate. The Buffalo Bills, after basically running the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, getting six and a half points in Orchard Park, New York. Bills? Bills look good. They ran the Cowboys. Cowboys... Not great, but Bills ran them off the field. Give me the Ravens in this one, though. That Lamar Jackson train is not stopping for anybody anytime soon. 
tough game. Great game. Bills defense solid, but Lamar Jackson has shown you he can get it done no matter who they're playing. Give me the Ravens. Battle for Ohio. Cleveland Browns let in one win. Ryan Rabinowitz predicted it last week. Thank you. Cincinnati Bengals. Browns lane seven points. You know what? We're going to go out on the limb here. Do it. Give me the Bengals. The Browns, not good. Bengals pick up their first win of the season. I think they keep that momentum rolling, get it over the Browns. Andy Dalton is back. I called it last week. The big win. They crushed the Jets. He is ready to roll, locked in. Give me the Bengals all day. The Browns stink. Bad jerseys, bad team, bad atmosphere, bad fan base. Sorry, Joe Dandron. Whoa. Not the, sorry. Hey, <laughs> I kind of like the Browns fan base, but whatever. Move on. AFC, AFC East matchup as the New York Jets host the Miami Dolphins. Le'Veon Bell is out for this one. New York Jets lane five points. Man, not a great one. You know what? In this one, I'm going to still roll with the Jets, but give me the Dolphins to cover. What game is this? Sorry, I was texting. Oh, Okay. Sorry, I was texting. <laughs> New York Jets, Jets minus five at home against the Miami Dolphins. Wow, this game stinks, huh? Yeah, this game's not great. The Dolphins have been putting things together. The Jets kind of got up a little bit, and they came back down. I'll take the Dolphins here. Why not? Another game that stinks. The Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Gardner Menchu gets the start this week after Nick Foles stunk the last two weeks. Getting three points at home as the Los Angeles Chargers come into two town. Man, these two bad teams. Give me the Chargers in this one. I think Phillip Rivers gets it done over the Jaguars. You'd like to think the Chargers figure it out one of these years. I mean, I don't I don't understand what the issue is over there. I'll take the Chargers. Blind faith in Phil Rivers. Matchup everyone's been waiting to see since the last year's AFC championship game. The New England Patriots welcome in the Kansas City Chiefs. They're laying three points at Gillette Stadium. Give me the Patriots in this one. Chiefs defense defense hasn't been great. Mahomes might keep a minute, but Patriots go out with a win in this one. You guys know my pick here. They screwed me last week, the Patriots, <laughs> but I'm not betting against them this week. I'm holding true. Give me the Patriots. That same we got here is the Arizona Cardinals. Weird game here. You never see these two teams play. Arizona Cardinals host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Arizona Cardinals getting two points at home. Seems like a little line. Mm. Yeah, really small. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to roll with the Cardinals. I, I, like I think Kyler Murray too. gets it done at home and pick up a good win over the Steelers. Strange, strange line here. I'm going to take it. I'm going to I'm going to take the take the bait hook line and sinker. Give me the Cardinals. Ryan Collins is locked of the week as the Oakland Raiders welcome into Tennessee Titans. Raiders are getting three points. Raiders are going to win on the money line. What do you guys think? Give me the Titans in this one. Okay. I like the Titans. I think they get it done. They've kind of been putting some stuff together with three in a row, so I think they get this one over the Raiders. This is a tough game here. Dude, we, we need you to pick it I, up. I, I, I'm <laughs> thinking. I think. I'm thinking. You like, what do you have, the Raiders here, Collins? Yes. So I'll probably ride take with the you. Titans. I'll ride with you. Give me okay. the Raiders. Okay. Sunday night tonight, Los Angeles Rams, last shot basically at getting a wild card spot. Basically relies on them winning as the Seattle Seahawks come to Los Angeles. Jared Goff is not the guy. Therefore, he will not get it done against the Seahawks when necessary. Seattle rolls in this one. Water always finds its level. The Rams stink again. Give me the Seahawks. Okay, okay. And the last game of the Sunday slate that we haven't touched on, the Detroit Lions had the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis getting 12 points. Does David Blau cover that? I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with the cover. 
Vikings still win, but a cover for the Detroit Lions. Uh, I don't know, Collins, what do you think? I don't remember what I picked in the Motown run. I like the Lions this week to cover 12. All right, Lions it is, one pride. And that's it for the picks. That's it. I'm exhausted. I feel like the show is going for like seven hours, but I love it. I loved every second of the seven hours that this felt like it was, was going on. This was really good. We've been talking for a minute, but it's been good. It's awesome that you think this show lasts seven hours. It sounds like you're having a great time doing it. I have a great time doing it. Are you kidding me? Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, folks, listen, I don't know if we'll be here on Sunday, so if we don't see you, happy holidays. We're going to take a little bit of a hiatus here because we're going home for break. Good luck to all you students on finals. Hopefully yes. we see you next week. I have no idea, but if not, again, happy holidays. For Julian Mitchell, for Ryan Collins, Nathan Stearns, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Join us next Sunday, maybe, and every Sunday. Not really, though. 11 a.m. We're here sometimes. Enjoy your holidays. I don't know what else to say. That's about it. We'll see you next time. Green and White Report. We're out of here. Happy holidays.